episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, it, it is the first episode of Season 3 of Prospects After Dark. Now, I don't exactly know what that means. It's kind of a bullshit and arbitrary point to begin and end things. Uh, but really, I think what the beginning of Prospects After Dark Season 3 stands for is that we have entered another episode, uh, another year of Prospects After Dark. Um, as the off-season gets fired up, uh, as people are noticing right away... The Spectacles episode. So the other reason that this is a very special episode of Prospects After Dark is I am wearing glasses. Uh, for the first time in three years, I am wearing glasses. No more squinting. I can actually see the questions. Uh, it's still super small, uh, but I can see the questions. Uh, real fast, uh, as we get going here uh, in the season three premiere of Prospects After Dark, uh, I'm going to raise my glass. Tonight we're drinking Johnny Walker Black. Uh, 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 he saw a message without squinting. I know this is breaking newsworthy. Let everyone know. But I want to raise my glass to Cardinals Gifts. Uh, you know, three years ago or two years ago, whenever it was, Cardinals Gifts kept telling me over and over to get on, to over and over again to get on Periscope, make this thing happen. Seventies <laughs> Bush says I'm here for the gangbang, uh, like old school, one of the, my favorite comedies ever. Anyways, Cardinals Gift pushed me to do this, and in the time since he pushed me to do this, we have become a very, very strong. An amazing community, as VHS says, team blindness. I don't worry. I'm going to take these things on and off. I'm still trying to adjust and get used to them. They're only a couple of days old. Uh, but to Cardinals Gifts, I wanted to raise my glasses. We get right out in front of this. Hipster Kyle. Uh, and say, Cardinals Gifts, thanks so much, brother. Friggin' cards. Uh, Kyle, I've been I have angered the city of Houston from Quinn STL. Yeah, you know, uh, they're pretty defensive right now as their team is accused of cheating their way to a championship. Uh, and the ability to play for championships. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Astros quite a bit. Uh, I'm so glad to be here, Charlie. I am glad you're here, uh, Mark Adlands, or whatever the hell your name is, uh, to my cousin Charlie. Also, while he's in here, uh, I don't do this enough, but to Mr. Carlson, who's in here, I know he likes to stay low-key. I usually don't do it, but Mr. Carlson, uh, we're all super excited for your son. Uh, welcome to the family, as always. Uh, to you, I raise my glass. A crying STL fan says, Kyle finally got glasses. I'm shook at uh, good to be here from JT Vonderhaar. Good for you to be here, buddy. Uh, joining in with a glass of wild turkey. Guys, tell me what you're drinking. Uh, do you like golf from at Clever? Yeah, I don't have a problem with golf. I'm sure that there's a punchline in there somewhere. Uh, there's no way to know when he's answering and taking questions, to be honest. So for those of you who are new to Prospects After Dark, what we've been doing for the last couple Prospects After Dark, hello, MLB Trades, is I've been stopping the questions as they come. Ooh, somebody's drinking Bud Light. I like that. So what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to not miss any questions. Now, if we get behind like 100 questions, uh, the, the phone notifies me that we're like behind 100 questions, and I might skip it forward. But I try to answer all of the questions that come on my screen because you guys are awesome, and I want everyone to be involved. So that means that sometimes I'm five minutes behind, sometimes I'm 10, sometimes I'm right on it. Just stay patient, and I promise if you haven't heard your question answered, we'll go over it. Uh, our good friend, uh, Matt Stromer, says... Uh, on my home from on my way home from Civil Life, let's go. There we go, Matt. Yeah, what'd you have at Civil Life? Did you get after that brown? What was your drink of choice at Civil Life? For those of you who don't know, Civil Life is a great uh, uh, a micro brew in the city of St. Louis. Uh, and like the Tower Grove area, we'll just call it because that's easiest. Uh, and if you're in St. Louis, you should check it out. Toon Dog says, uh, "What do you and all the good folks with birds have in store for us to close out 19 and get into 2020?" That's a great question. Well. For those of you who don't know, this will be our third year, our, our third anniversary of Birds on the Black on Black Friday. And I will start by rolling out my organizational position rankings. I'm going to start with starting pitchers. From there, we'll probably go into the drafted starting pitchers, outfielders, utility players. I'm doing something different there. 
first baseman, third baseman, and catchers. Uh, uh, I, we got big things planned. Ben Cerruti will be bringing you his his player projections for 2020. Gifts will be bringing that nastiness that he brings. Tara and Alex will just keep bringing you Chirp's delightfulness. Uh, look, I wouldn't say we have amazing things, like huge things planned. What we promise to bring at Birds on the Black is some high-end content, uh, even potentially low-brow uh, from Cardinal Sin and Cards Cards, but I promise you it's going to be high-level content. Uh, even that stuff that Cards Cards does is amazing stuff. Uh, he's also working on a history project involving the Cardinals that you should definitely keep an eye on. That stuff's going to be amazing. Uh, but that's what I'm working on. That's what we're working on. Uh, and we are just 12 days away from a Black Friday celebration of the three-year uh, uh, anniversary of Birds on the Black. And uh, the Redbird Way says Sunday night Woodford. Yeah, a little Woodford Reserve. Now we're talking. Hey, Matt Thompson, what up, man? Congratulations on season three and not getting fired. Uh, to Matt Thompson and all my friends at Prospect Live. Uh, again, if you are a Prospect follower, and I'm sure you are because that's probably how you got into watching Prospects After Dark, Check out Prospects after live, uh, Prospects Live. Uh, check out Matt Thompson. I love those guys, man. You know, they have a different way of doing things than I do, and I'm appreciative of the way they do it instead of being, like, critical because I like what they do, and you can tell they put in the work and the hours. So check out Prospect Live if you aren't already. Christian says, what's up? What's up, Christian? How are you? Jay Duda says, to all the Lunau stands. Ooh. Now, Jay Duda, I'm glad that you're in here. I want to make something uh, abundantly clear, Jay Duda. Now, you should never be afraid to express your opinions even if it's negative opinions about people you like and respect. Uh, Danny Mac came after you because you you didn't like something that he of his. Now, you're nothing but complimentary about him and what he does. Uh, because you were, you were negative about something that he likes, you should not jump away from that. Stand behind that. Don't let that guy bully you into having a different opinion or feeling lower of yourself. Uh, look, even if you don't like, even if you like me, you're a bad person. If you have a problem with something I do, express it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't hide of it. Don't hide behind it. Uh, Jay Duda, we love you. We love having you in here. Uh, and, and thanks for being a, a pad person. Mark Hayden says, punishment for the Astros. Suspend A.J. Hinch for the entire 2020 season and take away picks and money. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the Astros are going get, to get hit hard. This coming week is the owners meeting. And I would imagine once we, once, the owners meeting is like the 19th or the 21st. I would imagine by the 21st, we're getting a pretty extensive, uh, uh, punishment for the Astros. You have to think A.J. Hinch is going to get hit hard. He's a manager while this cheating is going on. Uh, I'm sure Lunau will get hit a little bit, but the Astros, you got to think they're going to forfeit picks. Uh, and, and what else happens? I don't know. I'm telling you, it should be nothing less than what Chris Correa and the Cardinals, like it should be nothing less than what the Cardinals got fined for the Correa thing. I think it's way worse than that. Uh, but again, I'm also biased towards the Cardinals as compared to the Astros. So uh, what I know is in the next week, I'm sure we're going to have some type of punishment. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Ryan Lee. Uh, Ryan Ali. Uh, is Jordan Walden alive? I wish I could tell you. Uh, my guess is that he's hiding on a resort somewhere with Tupac and Khalil Green. Uh, Jake Dellert says, no more squinting hard into the screen. I don't like change. I don't like change either. Uh, but I do enjoy being able to see. And I'll be honest, we joke around about squinting a lot, but I had no idea how blind I was. And it's nice to have glasses, and it's nice to be able to see. Uh, Cracker Liquid says, the no squinting episode sponsored by PBR. Yeah, so PBR is putting out a 99-pack cans of PBR. And the rumor was it costs like 100 bucks, which is bullshit, because you can get 90 PBR. You can get three cases of PBR for like 50 bucks. It's like 15 bucks for 30 beers. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. I get playing into the novelty. Hopefully that price goes down. 
But the, the joy that I would feel walking out of a retail outlet with a 99-pack of canned PBR is almost worth spending $175 on if it does cost $175. Uh, Big Old Buck says, who is more likely, Keichel or Madbum? A lefty is for sure going to be a target from Big Old Buck. So one thing that we've said relentlessly throughout every Prospects After Dark for the last month and a half is that we shouldn't expect the Cardinals to spend that much money. And I will stand by that. I don't expect them to, to spend that much money. Remember, if, if Carlos Martinez is ready to start in the 2020 season, they have their five starters. They have Flaherty, Michaelis, uh, Wayno, uh, Hudson, and Seamart. I wouldn't expect them to spend money. And I get the idea of, of Bumgartner and Keuchel. Uh, uh, I, I get that the left-hander would be a nice target. I, I think it's overrated. I think you get your five best pitchers and you don't care about what hand they are. Uh, but I wouldn't expect them to go in that direction. I definitely think they add pitching depth. Remember, the Cardinals are in a position this offseason where they can sit back and wait for an opportunity to present themselves uh, to present itself to get a player on the cheap if the market continues in the same direction it has for the last couple of years. Uh, again, I'm all about the Cardinals spending money. I just think we need to be realistic that their budget is already almost at where it was at the end of last year. And they just gave $5 million guaranteed to Adam Wainwright. I wouldn't expect much in the way of a contract to Mad Bum or Keuchel. Again, I think you're talking about waiting and seeing how the market falls back to them. And maybe a one-year deal for Cole Hamels or something like that. Jack and a bunch of numbers says, thoughts on Smith signing with Atlanta. I give him and his agent a ton of credit uh, for leveraging the qualifying offer. I thought it was in his best interest to take the qualifying offer. But he did me one better. He and his agent used that because he was going to take it to get a better contract from Atlanta. Uh, good for them. I'm happy for them. It still seems like a lot of money to me, although it is market equivalent. So uh, it doesn't feel like Atlanta like reached too far to get him. Uh, it just seems like a good move, and it made me excited as a baseball fan because I love when the offseason gets moving. Now, of course, that was really the only move, and nothing's happened since. Uh, in the next week, we have uh, teams that have to protect players from the Rule 5. Uh, we also have players that need to be uh, – taken off the 40-man December 2nd. So we've got an eventful two weeks coming up. When will the Cardinals sign Bartolo Colon from our good friend Iowa Neck? Derek, man, I wish that they would do something like that. How funny was it the other day to see him doing his, his calisthenics uh, in an effort to get in shape? Man, I love that guy so much. What a terrible, terrible, just kind of a terrible human being, but just an amazing person. Uh, Angel and the Sword, I hope. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Charlie. I'm already beyond myself. I've missed my pad peeps. That's right, Christian. Me too. Uh, Andy Pants just says, mm, which I'm assuming is in regards to the glasses. I like it. Uh, Cards Gift says, Kyle laying it thick, baby. A uh, Civil Life Honey Wheat for Matt Stromer. Again, if you're in St. Louis, get Civil Life. That honey wheat is good. I've had that before too, man. Gifts is a nasty boy. That's right, Lucas K. Uh, welcome back, Lucas K. Uh, Jay Duda says, Cardinals Gifts and Kyle look out for me more than my own mother. We love you, Jay Duda. We don't want that to get lost. Uh, a bunch of numbers and letters and numbers and letters says, I like your face. I like your face, and I can't even see it. Uh, Josh says, what is more likely to get, which is more likely to get, Ben Attendee or Jock Peterson? Uh, I think it'd be more likely, I, mean, I don't think either are likely. I think you have a better chance of getting Jock Peterson. I, I, I don't know, like, ideally we've heard the, the rumors that you could get Ben Attendee if you take Price's contract. I, I don't know. I know that the, uh, the, the the Dodgers in the past have been really creative about moving players and getting better and getting players and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't think it's likely to get either of them. I think that Dexter Fowler is set in the outfield, whether I like it or not. Uh, and I think that Harrison Bader is close to being set at center. Uh, and I think there's only one spot. And I think the Cardinals want to keep that to an open competition uh, amongst 
the players that uh, uh, didn't really get a fair shot in 2019. Uh, we'll wait and see. But I don't think either are likely. I'd rather have Benintendi, uh, but I wouldn't bank on either. Clever says, who is your favorite center fielder in Major League Baseball? Uh, Ray Langford, this guy right here. He retired like 14 or 15 years ago, but he's my favorite center fielder now and forever. Uh, who is my favorite center fielder? You know, defensively, I I'll always love Kevin Kiermeyer. I love Tommy Pham. I know that they're both on Tampa Bay, and they both kind of have a thing, but Tommy, Tommy Pham will always be a center fielder to me. I love Tommy Pham. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is pretty amazing. Uh, I look, I don't... I don't really play the favorites. Like, ask me who my favorite defensive center fielder is in the Cardinals organization, and I'll tell you that. Who my favorite defensive center fielder? Like, Lorenzo Cain, I love. Uh, I, I don't even know, man. I, I just like baseball. Sorry, I wish I could give a better answer. Uh, let's see. T-Force 32 says Black Friday pad. Yeah, we just might. So the other thing we'll do, uh, not only will I have the articles for you uh, about, you know, uh, the ranking the organizational positions, uh, the players within the organization at each position, uh, we'll also have podcasts for you, too. So you'll get podcast versions uh, of me uh, doing the rundown of positions. Keep an eye out for that. Nice glasses, nerd, from Patrick B. Thank you. Uh, Graham says, baby, your eyes are beautiful. Nice little one-two combo there from Pat B. and Graham. I love you guys. Uh, Josh says, I love Danny Mac, but the guy is thin-skinned at times. Yeah, Danny Mac Scrooge, man. You know, uh, I love him. I think he's a terrific play-by-play uh, -play, uh, announcer. I think we're going to hear manager of the year, Mike Schilt, so much that if you played the drinking game, you'd be dead by the middle part of spring training. Uh, but, it, you know, my criticism of him and the way he handles Twitter aside, uh, it shouldn't be lost that he is a very, very fantastic play-by-play -play guy. Uh, oh, no, baby, what is you doing from Colonel Angus? I know it's funny, right? You start talking bad about uh, Danny Mack and people lose their minds. Jay, Nob say, Jay Nob says, Kyle, you're the best. Can't wait for the next season. Me too, bud. Yeah, I'm I'm anxious to get this offseason underway. I'm anxious for there to be some moves. Um, I'm anxious to uh, to present you with this work that I've done on minor leaguers. I've done somewhere between 65 and 70 quick write-ups on prospects uh, that you'll get to read here in just a matter of starting in two weeks. District Redbird said, if you had to pick two of the young outfielders to get the most playing time in 2020, who do you choose? Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neill. Like, you guys know I love Randy Orozarena, but I, I would have Lane Thomas in center. Uh, and, and I would have Tyler O'Neill on left. I'd also have Dylan Carlson in right, uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. I don't have much hope that the Cardinals are going to handle the Dylan Carlson thing uh, uh, well. The more I think about it, the more I read about it, the, the more I wonder, like, you know, in my mind, you, you break with the three best outfielders out of spring training, and I don't think Harrison Bader or Dexter Fowler are either of those three. Uh, but that's not going to be the case. Dexter Fowler is going to be penciled in, and it's just a matter of what happens at those other two spots. And I think because... There are other spots ahead of Dylan Carlson that we're going to see that first. Uh, but I want Dylan Carlson to get as much time at the major leagues next year as needed. Uh, Brayden Brown says, hello, what's up, bud? Uh, yeah, a little uh, Danny Mac there. Uh, Kyle is with his hipster look. Yeah, that's right, guys. I got glasses. Uh, the Redbird Way says, are they calling it a family pack? Yeah, I think they are. You know, the only way to get through the holidays is to drink a family pack of 99 of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Josh says, give me your hottest 2020 Cardinal player prediction. Good or bad? Uh, my hottest 2020 player prediction is... I don't... I've got nothing. I, Ryan Helsley ends up being the best closer in baseball. That's my, my hot prediction. Uh, I want to... F MLB Quad Cities, Burlington, and Clinton are on the minor league chopping belt. Uh, remember, uh, as... So what, what Derek is uh, referring to is there was a, a story in the New York Times following a story by Baseball America about potential contraction uh, 
in minor league baseball, depending on if major league baseball and minor league baseball can come to an agreement on their collective bargaining agreement. Uh, right now, remember that that is just what's being proposed by major league baseball. Minor league baseball have a chance to come back at it. And there's a negotiation process that's going to be there. What's concerning, uh, again, that's not the final say-so. What's concerning is just how strong of a position Major League Baseball has in all of this. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Minor League Baseball has to make a ton of concessions to get even just the little least bit from Major League Baseball. It's going to be interesting to watch over the next year. The collective bargaining agreement between the two end in a year. A lot, lot on the chopping block. A lot could happen between now and then. I am personally on board. Uh, and you guys have heard this a lot. It's going to be a common th- theme throughout this offseason. I think contracting minor league baseball is a terrible idea, even if they use it to like turn it into like a proving grounds for players who aren't drafted uh, and it becomes whatever the hell that they're, they're trying to make it out to be. Uh, I still think it's terrible for baseball in the long haul. I think it's a, a, a small look on a big issue, uh, and it doesn't sound like something that anyone running a business would do. It sounds like something that a bunch of consultants would tell people running a business to do. Uh, but it also is clearly a move by Major League Baseball to save money. Don't get lost in that. Ben Mazar says, would you extend Yachty to 21 or 20, 2021 or 2022? If so, how much? Uh, two different questions there. What I know, absolutely, I would not. I would try to go year by year with them, much like they've done with Adam Wainwright after Wainwright's primary contract ended. Uh, I, I would probably give him 2021 if he wanted 2021. I don't think I'd give him 2022. I'd like to be able to make that decision during 2021 instead of trying to make that decision during 2020. Uh, that being said, they're going to give him the contract. He's going to get two years and more than likely it's going to be for somewhere between the 20 million that he's making now and maybe 2 million less or 2 million more. Uh, look for something similar to what the Cardinals gave Matt Carpenter last offseason, except for the Yachty part of the deal, which uh, I would expect just two more years on top of what Yachty's making now, which is like 20 million a year. Uh, let's see. Hey, Carly's in here. Hey, Carly, how are you? Uh, what's the next step for Trey Fletcher? You know, I just, again, I did a bunch of writing, wrote about Trey Fletcher. What's the next step for him? More than likely, I think he stays at Johnson City next year. Uh, uh, he has a lot of work to do. Remember, Trajan Fletcher, the second round pick, potentially a, a first overall pick in 2021, had he not reclassified, or in 2020, had he not reclassified for the 2019 draft. Uh, he's super raw. Like, he needs to clean up his big swing. He has his quick hands, and he just his swing is too much. His leg kick is too much. He's a good outfielder, but he just needs to get better. Like he is a true all high ceiling prospect with an extremely low floor who needs to totally renovate uh, his his swinging mechanics and refine completely his approach. He's a player who played in cold weather, and because of that, he didn't really play against a lot of advanced talent. When he played in tournaments, he was always stand out. You could see the athleticism. Uh, there was a chance he could be a pitcher in the long term if things don't work out in the outfield. We're going to have to wait and see about that. I know that his arm is super strong from the outfield, but it lacks a tremendous amount of accuracy. Uh, the next step is to just continue to get better, to dedicate himself to baseball and to coaching uh, in an effort to reach his ceiling, which is sky high. Uh, that's that's Trey Fletcher in a nutshell. Remember, I, I struggle as an evaluator with players that are as raw as Trajan Fletcher because it just seems like kind of a mess right now. You can see his supreme athleticism. You can see the big tools. You can see his quick hands. But not being able to see it produced, uh, it's tough for me to like put it all together. And I think that there's a wide delta, to use John Mazalek's words, between him being successful and uh, where he's at right now. Brayden Brown says, reasonable expectations for Michaelis next year. Yeah, look, Michaelis was really good at home this year. Struggled on the road a little bit. 
You know, I, I think that uh, somewhere in between is it, look. This is a cop out answer too. Somewhere between Michaelis's 2018 and 2019 is realistic. I, I really don't think he's going to be worse than he was in 2019 unless he's hurt in 2020. Uh, again, I think you're talking about a good number three, probably worth the 16 million dollars that you gave him uh, for an extension. Maybe with some great starts in there. Maybe with some clunkers in there. Uh, but I, again, I, I think that uh, he's a solid number two, number three when he's dealing and. Hopefully you don't get a regression any further than what you got uh, in 2019 from 2018. Uh, Seidel says, who's our starting left fielder next year? I'll say, I will stand by what I've been saying. I think on opening day, your starting left fielder is Tommy Edmond. I think it's Edmond, Bader, and Fowler out in the outfield for, uh, for opening day. And we're just going to have to wait and see where it goes from there. Uh, look, reason, uh, I, first off, shout out to Mike Schilt, who's living his best life. Manager of the year, I raise my glass to him. He deserves it. I'm happy for him. That being said, he doesn't really handle anything particularly right when it comes to lineup manufacturing. Uh, again, it's hard to bash somebody who just won manager of the year, who is a very, very smart baseball mind, who's a smarter baseball mind than I am. But that outfield situation, he doesn't know what to do with, and he hasn't been able to handle Tommy Pham, or Tommy Edmond uh, particularly right thus far. You remember when Matt Carpenter was terrible, uh, Carpenter was playing left every day, and Tommy Edmond was in right field when, you know, O'Neal was riding the pine and Rosarena was riding the pine. And Lane Thomas was riding the pine. Uh, and then, you know, he, he goes there and all of a sudden he's adjusting the outfield without having any of those young outfielders get any time. They just sit on the bench. Uh, so what do I think is going to happen? I think that Mike Schilt has a loyalty to Dexter Fowler, Tommy Edmond, and Matt Carpenter. And I think all three are in the opening day lineup, even if it's not the best thing for the Cardinals. And I don't think it is. Thoughts on Didi at short and to young to third. Uh, hey, Tara, how are you? So I think, uh, again, this is, I love it. I love that. I love how creative Cardinal fans are being, trying to make the lineup better. Uh, I think that Didi at short and DeYoung at third make the Cardinals better. But I think we all need to come to terms with, unless there is an opportunity that the, to, to acquire someone that the Cardinals can't pass up on, Matt Carpenter is the starting third baseman for the Cardinals. Look, they fully trust him. They fully believe in him. Don't get that twisted. Like, whether you believe in him, whether I believe in him, it, it doesn't matter. The Cardinals do. And so does Mike Schilt. Uh, the rhetoric coming out of Cardinals camp is true. Now, that doesn't mean that if somebody doesn't fall into their lap that they won't take him. It doesn't mean that they can't get, like, Didi on a one-year deal, that they, they won't rush to sign it. Uh, but I don't think any of that happens. I love the idea. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals do. Again, you're talking about a team that already has somewhere between $160 and $170 million committed to the 2020 payroll. Uh, I don't expect them to go and sign anybody of substance uh, unless that player falls into their lap. And again, if the previous two markets are any indication, I think that that's their best bet. And I think that something will happen in that regard. But it's funny to hear people talk about Mike Moustakis as a left-handed option at third, who I think is a supreme upgrade over Matt Carpenter, especially the Matt Carpenter we saw in 2019 and most of 2018. But the Cardinals have their left-handed hitting third baseman. His name is Matt Carpenter, uh, and they're already paying him, and they can't trade him. So sometimes it's just a matter of doing deductive reasoning to get your answer. Uh, Seidel says, who's, who's our starting left fielder next year? I think we addressed that. Uh, B. Wayne Train says, do you see the Cardinals moving into any outfielders? Who do you project as the three starting three outfielders next year, the starting three outfielders next year? Again, if we're talking about opening day, I still think you're talking about Dexter Fowler, Harrison Bader, and Tommy Edmond. Uh, by the end of the year, I think that all of the outfielders on the roster are going to have plenty of time out in the outfield. Ideally, if things are going well for the Cardinals uh, and they're playing their best players, you're probably talking about an outfielder of Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Carlson when it's all said and done. 
more than likely, I, I think Tyler O'Neill's on the chopping block. I think they trade him in an effort to get to strengthen their reliever core, especially now that Carlos Martinez is probably going to start. I don't know who that is or what that is. I don't know who's available, but I think that that's, that's likely. I don't think it's for one year Ken Giles, uh, but I think that something like that could happen. Uh, or Randy Rosarena, d- depending on what teams covet more. Uh, that's what I think is most likely to happen. Uh, you're going to see a lot of outfield, quote-unquote, churn during the 2019 or 2020 season. I can't keep the years together. With going 2020, it's got me all fucked up. And I know I keep saying Tommy Pham instead of Tommy Edmund. I can't stop myself. The real deal, LLWC says. Peterson reminds me a lot of O'Neill from the left side. I think a lot of people would say that, you know, Peterson isn't as bulky as O'Neill is. Of course, no one's as bulky and as muscular as Tyler O'Neill is. But they have kind of a similar profile there. Again, you know, I maintain that if Tyler O'Neill was given two straight years to get his shit together in a starting capacity, that you'd see something similar to Chris Davis, uh, K-H-R-I-S Davis, at least once in his career. Uh, he just needs every day at bats if he can stay healthy. Remember, he's had an opportunity to take an outfield, a starting out, outfield job by the reins uh, on a couple different occasions, and injuries have prevented that from happening. We're just going to have to wait and see how long it stands. Uh, we're just going to have to wait, rather. I don't even know what I said. That was just a throwaway line. We're just going to have to wait and see how it all, all pans out. Matt Stromer says, can you rank the outfielders on the current 40-man, and where would Carlson fit in when added? Look, uh, I am bullish on the kids. So uh, without having the 40-man up, there's 10 guys, 10 outfielders on the 40-man. I'm not going to include Munoz or Edmund. So what I'll say is, uh, uh, oh, boy. You know what? I will include Fowler, and I'll just start with Fowler, because I'll say it's Fowler and then probably Carlson and then probably Thomas and then probably O'Neill and then probably Randy Rosarena and then probably Harrison Bader and then probably Justin Williams and then probably Jag and uh, I'm forgetting people, but that's the relevant ones right now in my mind. Ben Cerruti says, uh, whoa, 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 is the big production change in fact that you have glasses? It is. Hey, what's up, Ben? How are you, bud? A veteran follower in the outfield won't win us a championship. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Remember, the Cardinals emphasize run prevention, and maybe in their minds that's how they stop runs from happening. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't think it will, but th- that could very well be the reality of the situation, and I think that's what the reality of the situation is going to be at the beginning of the season. Hopefully the Cardinals have enough balls, uh, the coaching staff in the front office, to go with their best outfielders, not the ones that they feel loyalty to. Whitewater attorney Adam Van Grek says, bring on season three. Happy pad day, everyone. Uh, to Adam Van Grek, to our pad people, I raise my glass. Remember, we're finishing off this bottle of Johnny Walker Black. Uh, to you guys, I raise my glass. Happy season three premiere. I needed a second. Good work. Josh, uh, Jake Dillard says, so this downplay on Carlson by the front office is 95% preparing us for service time manipulation. Uh, I think that it can be construed that way. But I also don't think the Cardinals have ever been the type of organization to, uh, uh, like, manipulate service time. I think it's more so, uh, more than anything else, I think it's just a matter of using the outfielders that they have ahead of him on the depth chart to see what they have before they go to him. Now, that doesn't mean that if he has a a, a bust-him-open spring training that he isn't going to be the starting left fielder. I think that that could happen, and I think it should happen if it does happen. I just think that there's a difference in between service time manipulation, like the Cubs did with Kurtz Bryant, and what the Cardinals might do with Dylan Carlson, uh, as long as it's Lane Thomas or Randy Rosarena or Tyler O'Neill getting those at-bats. If it's Jairo Munoz and fucking Tommy Edmond, then then it's it probably is service time manipulation. We're just going to have to wait and see how it all pans out. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see how it all pans out. Uh, Goat Yachty says season three. Woo! Yes, season three. There we go. 
Putty Chain says, if Bader is the open ending, uh, is the opening day center fielder, I'll have no interest of watching them. Uh, more than likely, you know, but that also comes with the caveat that if all of a sudden Harrison Bader seems to have his shit together, if all of a sudden Harrison Bader is the hitter that we saw at AAA when he was down on his rehab assignment at the major league level, then you're kind of on board for it. It could happen. Remember, Harrison Bader is a hard worker. He's a hell of an athlete. Again, it's tough for a player to make in-season uh, changes to their to their approach. Hopefully, he's spending this offseason adjusting his approach, and hopefully he's a better player in 2020 than he was in 2019. You guys know I'm not the world's biggest Harrison Bader fan. It's not something that I would bank on, but it's definitely something we're going to have to wait and see uh, how, it, how it all goes down. Sono, 2351. Is MLB, uh, is MLB propositioning... For MILB salary fight by cutting minor league affiliates. Yeah, I think that that's part of the fight for sure. Uh, I think Major League Baseball, it really comes down to not, not like a salary fight, but it just comes down to cost control. The more affiliates they have, the more it costs them. Uh, the more cost uncertainty in that. Uh, you know, they're going to come up with a lot of big and impressive words. But really all it's about is Major League Baseball uh, and the, the Major League Baseball owners controlling costs and trying to cut costs in the process. Even if they give players a raise, it will only be if they can cut costs in the process. Josh says, Lane Thomas would surprise a lot of people if he was given a shot. Yeah, look, I don't think Lane Thomas is like a perennial all-star. I think Lane Thomas is a very, very good outfielder. I think at the very least, Lane Thomas has earned the opportunity to be the everyday center field uh, center fielder, especially if his competition is Harrison Bader. I just want to see that it's a real open competition. Lane Thomas has made huge strides in two years since becoming a part of the organization. He had a great 2018 season, was putting together a pretty good 2019 season uh, before he broke his wrist, and hopefully the wrist injury doesn't linger into 2020. Uh, let's see. Whitewater Attorney says, you really think Carlson won't seriously be considered for opening day? Look, I don't know. I, I think that it really does come down to spring training, and I think we're going to have to really see how it goes. I just think uh, that... There are other options ahead of him, and I think that the Cardinals, if you go by what they've done in the past, will go with those other outfield options if those other outfield options are still on the 40-man uh, come spring training time. Uh, does Ronnie Williams need to be added to the 40? Yes, he does to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. He won't be, and I don't suspect that a team will take him either in the Rule 5. Uh, Ronnie Williams had kind of an up-and-down return from uh, Tommy John surgery in 2020, or 2019, rather. But he was also put in some really terrible situations, and I was impressed with the season that he had. I think there's a chance, as you'll find when I do my position rankings and we get into the relief pitchers, that Ronnie Williams has a breakout 2020 season. Uh, let's see. Is Jake Woodford the best cards organizational pitcher not yet to make an MLB debut? In my opinion, it's Angel Rondon. Uh, I think most people would say it's Jake Woodford, but in my opinion, it's Angel Rondon. Uh, that's a little preview into how I'm going to rank my starting pitchers in the organization. Uh, I wish I had my list up. It's around here somewhere. I can't. But I'm not necessarily as bullish on Jake Woodford as a lot of other people are. I would definitely add him to the 40-man. I would definitely protect him from the Rule 5. I think he's going to provide valuable innings for the Cardinals in 2020, whether that be out of the bullpen or the rotation. Uh, a spot start here or there. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But in my opinion, based purely on stuff, I'm going on Hell Rondone. Cardinals fan 022 says... Will the Cardinals go into trade market to try and get rid of a crowded outfield? Yeah, I think ultimately the Cardinals will. The Cardinals always trade from where they're deepest. That's why they traded Oscar Mercado. And again, I'm still on board with the Oscar Mercado trade. It was still the right thing to do. And Cardinal fans are over-exaggerating about how good Mercado was in 2019. Uh, 
But yeah, they're going to try. I would imagine they're going to try to add pitching depth if they can. I don't think they'll trade Jose Martinez. It's something we're going to have to wait and see. I don't know what kind of value Jose Martinez has. I don't think he has a lot. Again, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's our ultimate goal, and I imagine that it's in pursuit of pitching. Uh, Charlie says, I forgot how beautiful your eyes are. I forgot how beautiful your dick is, Charlie. Uh, March Hayden, having Carpenter and Fowler in our lineup next year is very frustrating. It is very frustrating, uh, especially if they're playing like they did in 2019. Rumsfeld says, who is the shirted fellow who now looks like I've seen his picture in the post office? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I put these glasses on, my first thought is I look like the police sketch rendering of someone who just murdered an entire village of uh, uh, white people. What happened to Jag? Jag sold out for power, and uh, it really hurt his slash line. But 32 home runs and 22 doubles and, like, six triples is nothing to bat an eye at, especially for the type of right fielder he is. Jag's interesting. I think a lot of people think Jose Adolis Garcia, Adolis Garcia Jag, is going to find his way off of the 40-man. The Cardinals might outright him. It could happen, but I think a team is going to take a chance on him, and it's going to be fun to see what happens. Uh, he sold out for power, and he produced slug, and it's just a matter of what happens next with him. He's going to be 27 during the 2020 year. That's something interesting. Uh, does Ryan Miesinger uh, need to be protected for Rule 5 draft? He does. He won't be He won't be taken. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, Pootie Change, uh, let's see. Opinion of Astros cheating scandal from uh, uh, somebody whose handle I can't pronounce. Look, I think that the Astros need to be hit hard. I don't doubt that this is something that's going on throughout Major League Baseball. I think that the Astros are just louder and worse about hiding it, or maybe they're more boisterous about not being afraid to hide it, or not being afraid to flaunt it. I don't know what it is, but I know that right now the Astros are the opposite of the model franchise from a PR standpoint for Major League Baseball, even if they are the model franchise from a building a championship standpoint. Uh, I just know that they need to get hard, and what they're doing, in my opinion, uh, is worse by far than anything that Chris Correa did. Uh, and Chris Correa went to prison, uh, cost the Cardinals two draft picks and like $2.5 million. I definitely think it's worth at least the two draft picks and $2.5 million. Uh, it, it's a serious issue that needs to be addressed and it needs to be punished greatly. And if other teams are doing it, they need to be punished greatly too. Hey, Victoria, how are you? Uh, let's see, sit, pause, that being said. Hello, everyone, what's going on? Yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff going on here tonight. Hudson needs to earn his spot back in my opinion. No, uh, you know, look, I think, look, I've always been one to say Dakota Hudson's long-term, like, spot is as a relief pitcher. That being said, in this particular Cardinals organization, with how they handle things, he's not going to have to earn that spot back in the rotation. They probably pencil him in as a number two starter because that's how convoluted they are, uh, and, and runs with it. I would like him to try to earn it. I would like for Ryan Helsley to get a fair shot to earn a rotation spot. Neither of those things are going to happen. Uh, go ahead and pencil him on, on in. Uh, let's see. We got a lot of what, people talking amongst each other. That's the awesome thing about Prospects After Dark is I scroll here. We got Whitewater Attorney talking to Ashley. We got friggin' cards talking to cards gifts. Uh, we have an awesome community that is in constant communication with each other. You guys are the best. Uh, Quinn asks, is Jag in the organization come spring training? I'm going to say no. I'm not sure if that's in the form of a trader being uh, uh, taken off the 40-man and picked up by another organization, but I'm going to say no, he's not. Uh, what's up, Gifts? What you drinking from Friggin' Cards? Friggin' Cards is drinking uh, the Black, uh, uh, Jameson Black, I think, which I cannot wait to try again. I'm drinking Johnny Walker Black. To all my pad people, welcome to Season 3 of Prospects After Dark. We're rolling. Ah, amazing stuff. Um, Mark Hayden says, can we take a moment and shame the Mariners for being the only current team to never make a World Series? I'm not going to shame the Mariners. I like the Mariners too much to shame them. I hope that in the next couple of years they find their way uh, uh, into a World Series. And it's funny, you know, when you talk about it, it does bring to light just how difficult it is 
to play in Seattle. Like, that's a lot of travel. That's a tough schedule. Uh, it's not easy to be the Mariners and, and to travel the country. Uh, they're kind of on an island by themselves, even to get to L.A. or San Francisco, you know. Uh, it's it's not easy. Well, it's easy because there's planes. Uh, but it's not a quick little jaunt, you know. There's not much by them, and that's got to be operating at a deficiency. Uh, but, again, we, what we'll do is we'll, we'll tip our cap, and we'll hope that Jerry DePoto is able to put together a hilariously awesome uh, championship team in the near future. Klutz, what's up, Klutz? Says O'Neill and Jose Martinez will both be traded this offseason, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I think that's where the smart money is. My question is, you know, last year the Cardinals had trouble finding a trade partner for Jose Martinez uh, because he doesn't really have a lot of value. And he had a worse 2019 than he had in 2018. I just don't think it's – and he also is more expensive than he was. Uh, and he's also a year older and 31 turning 32. I just don't think it's going to be easy to find a trade partner for him. Uh, and that's why I don't think he's going to get traded. We're going to have to wait and see, though. I'd definitely try to trade him. Uh, VHS says a lot of Lane Thomas fans buying into his MLB line over his AAA line. So the AAA line is a little bit misleading because when, you know, he got off to a rough start before making his major league debut and it was a terrible, terrible start. But then after his major league debut, when he went down to AAA, he fucking raked. He raked just like he did at the major league level, just like he did in 2018 uh, at Springfield. So it's a bit misleading, but again, the line is what the line is. And it definitely tells the story of someone who still needs seasoning. Uh, I'm telling you based solely on what I watch, I, I'll take Lane Thomas over Harrison Bader any day of the week. I'll take Lane Thomas over Dexter Fowler, uh, this version of Dexter Fowler, any day of the week, too. Uh, Casey Beerco for Ben Rudy. Winter Bach here. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Sounds good. Uh, Charlie says, I am drinking a Four Roses Manhattan meat. Good for you, Charlie. Good for you. Did you make it yourself, bud, or are you drinking in uh, Hot Atlanta? Uh, what's up, Ben? There we go. That sounds amazing. Thanks for reminding me. I'll put those in now. All right. Uh, is it foolish for us to expect Seamart's injury situation to improve this year? Yeah, I think it's definitely naive. I wouldn't say foolish. It's hopefully naive, and I guess that that's kind of a redundant term anyways. But yeah, it's, there's definitely some naivete in expecting Seamart to come back happy and healthy and ready to pitch it as a starter in the, for the 2020 season. But it's something that I'm banking on. It's something that I'm hoping for. And I think of the internal options, it's definitely still the best direction to go. Jay Knob says, is Munoz a St. Louis Cardinal the whole 2020 season? No, I think he ends up spending some time in Memphis. Uh, but I do think he stays a part of the Cardinals organization. Uh, I'd love to know what his trade value is. I have no feel for it, and it's not fair for me to speculate. Uh, have you checked in on Tyler Reichenborn yet? It's funny, Sono, uh, 2351. I actually just wrote about Tyler Reichenborn uh, in my honorable mentions. I don't know how his spring training is going or his, uh, his off-season is going. I'm not sure, but he's a super interesting guy, a non-drafted free agent that the Cardinals signed. Uh, worked his way through the Gulf Coast League to Palm Beach. I got to see him play Bradenton during the 2019 season. He was somewhat interesting, seemed super athletic, had a very quick bat, uh, but he's definitely an honorable mention when I get to mentioning the outfielders. Keep an eye out for Tyler Reichenborn. Could be a lot of fun. He, he bounced around uh, before he was undrafted, and there's something there from what I understand. I didn't write about that. I didn't speculate on it, but he's, he's a really interesting guy, not just for his baseball acumen, but for maybe what's going on in his periphery. Uh, is Stubby still technically a candidate in Pittsburgh from Iowa? Derek, that's a great question. I haven't heard anything. I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize and see if we can find something out for you. Mark Hayden says, does Pat have its own subreddit? God, I don't even know. That's way beyond me. Ashley fucks around with that Cardinals Reddit. I know people are on Cardinals Reddit. Uh, I, Reddit is something I don't understand and I stay away from. Uh, but sure, maybe. District Redbird said, who's the Cardinals prospect you think will take the Carlson Elite next year? You know, smart money is on Ivan Herrera, the catching prospect, 19 years old. Uh, more than likely, he goes from being a player that can be the next thing to being the next thing. 
Uh, he'll be in my top 10 for sure. He might be in my top five when we do the Dirty 35 re-ranking come February time. Uh, that's the easy money. You know, if you're looking for a deep sleeper, uh, I, I've become a big friend of a big fan of Brendan Donovan. I don't think he's that level, but I think you could see him be like Tommy Edmond asked where, you know, from 2017 to 2018 or from 2018 to 2019, he could be a really, really interesting guy to keep an eye on. Uh, who else? You know, uh, I think that Avon Herrera is the easy one. I think Griffin Roberts can end up taking a big jump forward in 2020. Uh, but yeah, look, it's Ivan Herrera, and I don't, I'm not even sure that there's a number two on the list. Uh, let's see. Does Edmund McMuno's completely irrelevant from Tara Wellman? Hello, Tara. Again, welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, in my mind, Tommy Edmund made Gyro Munoz completely irrelevant in spring training last year. It's something that we said on pad a, a bunch. So yes, I do believe that he makes him irrelevant. Uh, I think what the Cardinals are better off doing uh, is, is going with the defensive-minded shortstop in that position uh, who can play all positions. I'd rather have I'd rather have Edmundo Sosa on the 25-man than Jairo Munoz if I had to choose. Uh, just that simple. And yeah, I do think he's redundant. Uh, I don't think he offers much in the way of value to the St. Louis Cardinals. I know they love him. I know he's super energetic. I know he's a feisty competitor. I know he gets along with Jose Martinez and Yadier Molina. Uh, but yeah, I don't personally see a spot for him on the roster when I think that Edmundo Sosa could perform a, a, a more adequate role for what the Cardinals need uh, out of a 25th or 26th man on a roster. Uh, let's see. Do you see Brett Cecil contributing at all this year from B. Wayne Train 1? I don't, man. You know, I want to. I really do. But I can't imagine a situation in which uh, Brett Cecil has a good or productive or even uh, a helpful 2020. I think the best thing would be for his roster spot to come open. That's what I think. Uh, it'd be awesome. And it would be a great little, you know, fuck you to Cardinal Nation for doubting him if he does. But I can't imagine it happening. Hopefully it does, though. I'm rooting for him. Uh, Victoria says, I'm not ignoring anyone. I can't see anyone's comments. Oh, no. Uh, Martin says, Bader is a fourth outfielder. Yeah, so... You know, the Cardinals had a lot of success before optioning him down as a pinch runner and a defensive replacement as a fourth outfielder. I love that. I love that role for him. I don't think that that's a negative either. Like, it shouldn't be a bust on someone that uh, that they're a fourth outfielder. It's hard to be a good fourth outfielder. Sure, he might not ever hit, but he's probably not ever going to hit as a starter. So you might as well maximize his value, make him a pinch runner, pinch def or a defensive substitution, and reap the benefits of that. Uh, there's no reason Dexter Fowler should play beyond the seventh inning of any game. You know, if if uh, uh, Michael Brantley isn't playing the outfield for the Astros and they're putting a defensive replacement in for him, then Dexter Fowler definitely deserves to have a defensive replacement in the seventh inning. And that defensive replacement should be Harrison Bader. I think between Harrison Bader as your fourth outfielder and Dexter Fowler as a starter, you could actually have a potential 2.5 to 3 war player just in that combo if you're handling it right. Uh, could Carlson profile to be like Soto? Uh, no. So, again, uh, uh, Billiken, uh, Billiken Dal, uh, here's my thought. Look, I view Soto as a uh, transformative talent. I view, I view Acuna as transformative talent. I do think that Dylan Carlson has the potential to be an all-star, potentially get MVP voting in a long, uh, a long 10 to 15 to 20-year career if he stays healthy. But, I, you know, I think Soto and Acuna have a chance to be Hall of Famers in the long run. And not to, like, count Dylan Carlson out, but that is the rarest of rare. Now, I do think, again, he can be a Cardinal Hall of Famer. I think that's more realistic. Uh, even then, like, that's huge and hefty and loud praise. I don't think that that's likely either, but I do think it's a possibility. 
Uh, but no, like that doesn't mean he can't. That doesn't mean he won't. I would never count Dylan Carlson out. But the likelihood of it happening, of him being a transformative generational talent uh, like Soto or Acuna, uh, is very, very rare. Again, it doesn't mean it can't happen. Uh, it just means that it probably won't. Oh, my God, he's bespectacled. Professor Kyle in the house. What's up, Jake Hassan? Jake Hassan, I raise my glass to you to all my pad people, my, bespe my bespectacled and non-bespectacled pad people. I raise my glass. Welcome to Season 3 of Prospects After Dark. Uh, eight, 518 Cards fan says, I'm late and dot, dot, dot. Holy hell, Kyle finally got glasses. No more squinting. Love, Pad. Thanks for doing it. Hey, 518, thank you for being a part of our Pad community. Uh, I'm just privileged that everyone is here uh, and that you are a part of our community. I love it. Look, again, Pad is not me. Uh, I don't I don't put this on. We put this on together. Uh, last in, sorry I'm late. Hey, Randall Rhodes, how are you, bud? Welcome to Prospects After Dark, friend. Uh, let's see. Link to the chat. Herrera, the real deal from Dizzy 515 What's up, Dizzy? How you, bruh? Uh, yeah, you know, I think that it's safe to assume that Yvonne Herrera, sorry, I gotta take these off for a second. I gotta get the hoodie off. Um, I think it's safe to assume that Yvonne Herrera is a real prospect. Uh, I think it's safe to say that he's probably the error presumptive. Uh, shout out to Rusty Grapple for the term, uh, for Yadier's spot in 2075 when Yadier eventually decides to retire. But, uh, you know, that being said, he still has work to do. His bat is quick and professional, his, is his approach. But I just think that, you know, it, it's always tough to say that he's the next. That It's tough to crown the prospect the next big prospect. I just think that if you're looking at the list of Cardinals prospects, he's the easiest and most clear cut for that. I do think he's legit. I still think he has work to do offensively and defensively. Uh, but to be 19 and to be where he's at are huge positives. Uh, nothing but positives about that kid. So, yeah, I do think he's the real deal. MLB Trade says, Pounce get traded. Does Daniel Ponce de Leon get traded? Uh, again, I think he's I think he's one of the options that would be on the trading block. You know, I, I would think if the Cardinals wanted to upgrade their starting rotation, Tyler O'Neill and Daniel Ponce de Leon are a good step in the right direction. I believe that the Cardinals would come to spring training with nearly everything intact of what they have. I do think one of two of the outfielders gets moved, whether that be by uh, outright off the 40-man or whatever it ends up being. Uh, but... You know, I, I ultimately, I've always said that I think Daniel Ponce de Leon has a great uh, and prominent role in the bullpen in his future. And uh, I think we're going to see that in 2020, hopefully. I, I'll tell you what, I, you know, depending on what you could get, I'd really just, I'd like to keep Daniel Ponce de Leon and I'd like to see him used in a prominent late inning role. I don't know what that is. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. And I'd also like to see him come to spring training um, with a chance to be, uh, a starter, too. One of, like, five guys who come ready to be a starter. Oh, Charlie asked me what brand of glasses are these. I got them from Zenny. So I got my eyes checked at Crown Vision. I bought a pair of some fancy shit that cost a lot of money. But then I got these off of Zenny so I could get them to me in, like, five days. And they're super cheap. They cost, like, $14 and then, like, $30 to ship or something like that. Hey, Austin Stone, what's up? Uh, Jay Dizzy says, cards should get their draft picks back from Houston. That'd be awesome. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, and I like where your mind's at. Uh, it probably isn't fair either. But I like where your head's at, for sure. Ben Cerruti says, who do you protect from the Rule 5? Who do you think does get taken? Uh, you know, the only two guys that I'm protecting are Jake Woodford and uh, uh, Aliris Montero. I, I think that there's a good chance that Aliris wouldn't get taken. But I, I know there's some concern that Alvaro Cejas might get taken, and I know that you bring up Luis Perdomo. It's a different situation. The draft is different now than it was then. Teams are less likely to take that type of player. Uh, I don't just put him on the 40-man because that's a whole other issue. The guys that I think could end up getting taken are Brian Dobzanski, 
John Nagowski and Connor Jones. Now, what's the likelihood of them getting taken? I don't know. You know, Nagowski has limited power, although he improved his power in 2019. But he's a great defense, like a great defensive first baseman. And I think a team that values his his ability to get on base and not strike out and and you know work counts and hit to all fields, find the barrel and play a good first base could really benefit by having him. I, I, if I'm a team uh, like if I'm a team that thinks that they can compete and might be missing like that type of bench bat, that's the direction I go. I would definitely take Nagowski. I'm big on Brian Dobzanski. He is my number two relief pitcher in the organization. I, I just love what he does. You know, if I'm a team, I'm looking at Brian Dobzanski and I'm thinking. Look, this guy has a chance to help us next year. He's got a big arm with a big breaking pitch. Let's bring him. Uh, uh, you know, two years, like last year, the only guy that was taken from the Cardinals, even though Junior Fernandez was available, was Chris Ellis. Think about that. Chris Ellis, who's back with the Cardinals because the team gave him back. Uh, Junior Fernandez was available. Max Schrock was available. Now, Schrock's interesting because Schrock had a really good second half after he came off the IL for, for Memphis. Like, really good. You're going to read about it here in a couple days, a couple weeks, rather. Uh, maybe someone takes a flyer on him. I, I don't know. Now that he has third base versatility with second base and a little outfield, he could be an interesting guy for a team that's rebuilding that just wants like a player who can make a ton of contact at the top of the lineup. Connor Jones is the one player that I feel like is the most Matt Bowman of the group. And I wouldn't be surprised if a team takes a flyer on him, which I don't think is the worst thing for the St. Louis Cardinals either. I don't think that's much of a damage, but like in, in my mind, sure. I could, maybe there's a team like the Padres, maybe the Marlins take Alvaro Cejas. Like, you always have to worry about the Marlins, uh, something like that. Like, yeah, I could definitely see the Marlins maybe taking a chance on Alvaro Cejas, and maybe that's worth keeping him on the 40-man four. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. But, you know, to me, the three guys that I think are most likely to get taken are Dobzanski, Nagowski, uh, and Connor Jones. And honestly, I, I think Nagowski – like, I'd be willing to take a flyer on Nagowski, and I'd be willing to take a flyer on Connor Jones if I was another team in need of that kind of thing. Uh, where do you think Zach Wheeler ends up? Man, I don't have the slightest idea how the, how the free agent market's going to pan out. You know, I'll say the Rangers. Why not? GM Gersh says, hey, GM Gersh, well, the Cardinals need to protect Sejas. They do. Uh, and what did he do differently in 2019? So there's two things that he did. Well, three things that he did differently. Uh, first is he got himself in better playing shape uh, in the offseason. That was number one. Number two is he's done a better job of controlling his emotions. Alvaro Sejas plays with a ton of emotions. He's super fiery. What we saw in 2018 is if he wasn't getting strikes called, he was losing his damn mind. He was losing control of his pitches and losing command of the strike zone. Uh, he, worked, he still showed that, but he worked to get better at it. The third thing is that he commanded and threw his curveball more. Uh, better feel for it. That made a huge difference. But remember, he was 19 years old pitching in the Midwest League. That's a hefty, hefty ask of a prospect. I think it was more just him getting caught up with the speed of the leagues he was in, that he was just a little bit older and getting in better shape. Uh, this is the real St. Paddy's Day from Hooks Bear. I like that. To St. Paddy's Day as we celebrate season three of Prospects After Dark. Caroline says, I can't stop thinking about what it would be like to make love to you. Oh, no. Look, it's sad and depressing. Uh, yet you can barely feel it most of the time. Uh, there's a lot of tears, but not from you. Um, it's like fucking a handful of glass, but much more painful and sadder. Season three, Bubby. Uh, trade, Trader Jerry will get the M's there. He has to. I really hope so, man. I really, really hope so, man. You know, Jerry DePoto has brought so much joy to my life over the last couple of years with the amount of trades that he's made. 
I really want them to win a, a World Series, and I want them to do it by making more trades in season and in the offseason than anyone has ever made in the history of baseball. I want it to be like, oh, Mitch Haniger is an MVP candidate. I'm trading him for Tyler O'Neill. I want Tyler now, and somehow it works out. Uh, like, that's what I want to see. It'd be amazing, just an amazing story. And I am rooting for the Mariners. They're one of my favorite AL organizations. Uh, I love Ichiro. I love Ken Griffey Jr. I liked A-Rod, uh, Jay Buhner. Uh, but yeah, how could you not root for the Mariners? They're fucking up in the Pacific Northwest. They're wonderful. Uh, let's see. The Bears-Rams game is a... Uh, I got nothing for that. Who let the man turn into a hipster? Hey, look, I've got glasses. I'm oh, sorry, I'll take it off. I'll take it off. Oh, my God, look at that. Oh, my God, I'm sweating. Jay Duda 2 says, Antonio Brown leads the Mariners to a championship. Oh, my God. It's funny. Like, I'd go from rooting for the Mariners to not rooting for the Mariners, even though the football player is playing for him. If Edmund is given 140 games at third base, what do you think his slash line looks like? You know, without looking at the slash line, I will say over and over again that in 140 games, Tommy Edmund ends up with a WRC plus of right at 100, like 105, 198. I believe firmly that Tommy Edmund is best suited for like 100 to 120 games, uh, giving Wong and DeYoung and Carpenter rest, uh, and de facto uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt rest because he can play third and Carpenter can swing to first. I think that's his best role. You know, you give him 450 to 500 plate appearances, no more, uh, and you're talking about a guy who's a 110 WRC plus producer. Uh, but I think the more he plays, the more he's going to reduce to the pack. Uh, and, and that's not to like beat up on him. He's a very, very valuable player. If you have a utility player who is like a league average run producer that plays the defense he's capable of playing, then you have something very, very positive there. Uh, and that, that's what I think. I also think the league's going to adjust to him, especially because we saw that he struggled greatly with changeups, and I'm anxious to see how he adjusts to the league. Uh, Whitewater Attorney says, any chance Bryce Denton makes any movement progress this year? You know, when I'm ranking my outfielders, I came this close to writing about Bryce Denton, and I just might. I do think there's a chance that he ends up making a little bit of progress during the 2020 season. Uh, I think Nick Plummer is a wasted asset at this point. I hate to be that way. But I do think that, like, Bryce Denton still has another full year in the organization, and we're going to have to wait and see where it goes from there. I'm not as dobber down on Bryce Denton as maybe I should be. Uh, I just know that he's got a lot of pop, and he has a lot of tools. Uh, and it's just a matter of, like, adjusting to the league and being a better hitter with a better approach, which is a huge ask. Uh, but this will be his last chance to get there, and we'll see where it goes. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so, because it would be nice to see one of those draft picks pan out. Uh, even a little bit. Even become like a top 35 prospect in the Dirty 35. It'd be nice for him to earn that spot. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't foresee it happening. Maybe eventually he's an honorable mention or something like that, and even that would be a huge amount of progress. 518 Cards fan says, Sipping a Four Roses single barrel and listening to Pat makes for the perfect end to my 50th birthday. Fuck yeah! Uh, to five. Uh, 518 Cards fan, I raise my glass. Happy 50th birthday. Thank you so much for celebrating with here, celebrating it here with us at PAD. Uh, to you, man, happy birthday. That's awesome. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Lane or O'Neal as opening day outfielder, uh, opening day left fielder. Again, uh, as it stands right now, I'll say it's Tommy Edmund and left for the real begot. You're good stuff, real begot. Uh, Jake Dellert says Jose Martinez in left field with Bader as a replacement late could be interesting. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to that either again, because I'm the prospect guy and I've invested countless hours and time, uh, into the kids. I want to see Lane Thomas or Randy Rosarena or Tyler O'Neill or Justin Williams get a chance. 
But I do think that there's probably some more realistic, like, uh, uh, opportunity there where Jose Martinez plays left and Harrison Bader ends up being a replacement depending on who's in center. Again, I, I want that spot to be open. I want them to fill it with the best player. And I would like that to be the case for all three outfield positions. Uh, but hopefully we get two because Dexter Fowler is going to get one of the starting jobs. Uh, let's see. The hoodie is off. That's right. We are off of a hoodie. Uh, one less article of clothing. You know what? I've got my shorts rolled up. My pants rolled up too. They're coming off. We are down to underwear and t-shirts. I'm not taking my shirt off, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, Herrera, is Herrera a top 100 prospect? I think by the end of the 2019 season, or the 2020 season, see, I'm going to struggle with this. I think by the end of the 2020 season, Avon Herrera is a top 100 prospect by nearly every outlet in Major League Baseball. I think you'll start to see him sniff that list uh, uh, as we enter the 2020 season. Cardsfan022 says the Reds are going to be big buyers this offseason. You know, we've talked about it a lot during Pat, and it's been a constant stream of communication uh, uh, in in the Prospects After Dark Fantasy League group chat. I think the Reds, like, there's always going to be a couple teams that are dumb, like, dumb surprise spenders. I think this year it's the Reds. I think a lot of people think it's going to be the White Sox. I can see the Rangers spending a little bit of extra money. But, yeah, man, I definitely think the Reds are going to spend. I think they're going to get somebody, probably not Garrett Cole, probably not Steven Strasburg, maybe Josh Donaldson, something like that. They have Eugenio Suarez, so probably not Donaldson. But you know what I mean? Like, I think they're going to get one of the top five or ten free agents, uh, and they're going to overspend for him. Expectations for Nolan Gorman uh, in 2020 from JT Vonderhaar. My expectations are just to keep growing. You know, if he's at Springfield, he's probably going to hit a ton of home runs. My expectations of Nolan Gorman are to continue to get better. Um, we as fans maybe shouldn't invest so much into his stats. What I need to see out of Nolan Gorman is an adjustment to the inside breaking pitch from both lefties and righties. You can stub a ball ahead of home plate, and he's swinging at it if there's two strikes. Uh, if it's near him, he needs to get better identifying the inside breaking pitch and learning how to handle it. You know, I've got a great gift uh, that I've shown on Twitter and that I've shown to the group chat of a right-hander throwing him three sweeping breaking pitches right over the middle of the plate. He only makes contact with one and misses the other two by miles. Uh, he has a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. He's not Dylan Carlson. He's not Dylan Carlson entering, entering 2019. He's way further off than that. Uh, he's still the number two prospect in the Cardinals organization. Uh, he's still the most attractive prospect uh, for any other organization this side of Dylan Carlson. But it's a lot of plate discipline and identifying breaking pitches and where they're going and what to do with them uh, by both lefties and righties. And that's what I want to see. I don't care what a stat line is. I just don't want to see him look fucking terrible against pitches that hit the dirt in front of home plate like he does consistently and did consistently in 2019. Uh, Josh, it's tough hearing this air presumptive stuff about Herrera when my boy Kiz is still alive. You guys know how I feel. So for a long time, uh, Randy Rosarena, Ryan Helsley, and Andrew Kisner were my three-headed monster. Now they're all three in the major leagues, and I've got to find a new three-headed monster. Uh, it's tough. Tough for me, man. It's tough, but I think I've got him, and I can't wait to talk about him. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know how I feel. It, what's going to be interesting with Kiz, and it was something that Adam Butler and I were talking about in the group chat, is if they add a 26-man to the roster, I'm anxious to see what the Cardinals do with kids. I could see them bringing on another, like a third, a second catcher, a backup catcher. You know, hopefully it's Matt Wieters. It probably won't be, but hopefully it's Matt Wieters. And then still bring in kids because he'd be a great option off the bench as a bat. And also you could use him catching here and there, and you could maybe get him a couple of bats at first or third or something like that. Like, if you have a 26 spot on the roster, you can get creative with Andrew Kisner as both a catcher and as a bench bat. Uh, and potentially a utility option, too. It could be really interesting. But, yeah, I feel the same way. Look, uh, here's the deal. We all knew that this was coming. 
We all knew that Yadier Molina was going to play beyond the 2020 contract, and now we're seeing it, and it just becomes a matter of the Cardinals adjusting. What I know is if Andrew Kisner were traded this offseason to another team, he'd be their starting catcher and have just as good of a year uh, as Carson Kelly had uh, uh, this year. MLB Trade says, what could Justin Williams become? I know that the Justin Williams that I saw after he came off of the IL on like July 1st or whatever it was was a different hitter than what I saw from the year and a half before. I need to see that consistently before I have an idea of what he's capable of. What I know about Justin Williams is that he's always been really good hitting against lefties, uh, and he's gotten better at hitting against righties, which is something you want to see out of a left-handed hitter. I know that his defense looked better. His arm looked better in 2019 uh, by the end of the season. What can he be? Give me a little bit more time. I don't want to go off of what I saw at the end of the year at Memphis because, I mean, everyone hit. Urias hit. Schrock hit. Rosarena hit. Williams hit. Jag hit. Like, Nagowski. Uh, they all hit. So, I don't want to, like, I don't want to base my thoughts on Williams on, like, his success when everyone else was raking. I want to see what it looks like during the 2020 season before I have an idea. I think it could be a very, very interesting, again, I don't view him as anything more than a fourth outfielder. Uh, I don't know if his pop translates to the major league level. It's hard to say with the way that the ball jumps off the bat these days with the engineered baseball the way it is. Um, but it's something we're going to have to wait and see. I know that he has a spot on a team's 40-man. He deserves his spot on the Cardinals' 40-man if he continues to perform the way that he's performed uh, in the second half of the 2019 season. I also know that there are outfielders in major league baseball that I think are worse than he is. Uh, and it's just a matter of him getting an opportunity potentially with one of those teams if the opportunity presents itself. Cardsfan022 says the Astros are in deep shit and there are going to be a ton of suspensions. Yeah, uh, 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 Cardsfan22, I agree with you. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes down. Uh, you know, I-, I joked around on the Two Birds on a Bat podcast that you should get, you should follow. Uh, we do it every Wednesday. Keep an eye on Two Birds on a Bat. They do great stuff. Uh, we talked about it. And I joked around that if it was an NCAA team, they'd make them forfeit their championships. Now, that's not going to happen in Major League Baseball. uh, But it definitely needs to be something drastic and something that sends a message to all the other organizations that you cannot cheat electronically. Or else there's no deterrent and teams will continue to cheat electronically. Uh, District Redbird said, who has a longer MLB career, Montero or Gorman? Also, uh, surprising Gorman hasn't been mentioned yet. Yeah, well, again, took us a second to get to your question, uh, District Redbird. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, who has a longer career? I- I'm going to say Gorman, you know, Montero took some huge steps back in 2019. Again, a lot of it was injury related. I, I have positive thoughts about Alaris Montero. I think he ends up rebounding really well in 2020, especially a full season at Springfield and maybe a little taste of Memphis. I can see all of that happening. Uh, but I think, I think that any smart person would go all in on Nolan Gorman. I think he's going to stick at third. I think he has the athleticism to move to the outfield if he needs to move to the outfield. And I think his bat, that power that he has, will be just enough to keep him around. Uh, Somebody mentioned Jack Peterson a little while ago. Like, I could see Nolan Gorman uh, with a ceiling of a third-base version of Jack Peterson if all goes well. But he has a lot. Look, I love Nolan Gorman. Again, he's probably still the second-best prospect in the Cardinals organization now that I've removed Kisner from the Dirty 35, uh, but there's still a ton of work to be done. Again, he's not Dylan Carlson entering 2019. He's far more raw than Carlson was entering 2019. March Hayden says, uh, where do you rank Mo among the other GMs in baseball? I am, I am the worst person to ask. Like, I think Mo is a good GM. 
Uh, I think he spent money and sometimes foolishly and sometimes well. I think he made some good trades. You know, uh, the Ozuna trade, even though Alcantara was an all-star and Gallon is a good pitcher, is still the right trade to make. It was still a good move. You know, even though uh, Carson Kelly had a great year last year and Luke Weaver was having a good year before he got hurt and Andy Young had a great season in the minors, that's still the right move to make for Paul Goldschmidt. Sometimes we get results-oriented when it comes to evaluating a trade a year after it happened or years after it happened. You have to remember where you were in that time. I love the the Jan Torres and Connor Cable trade for Oscar Mercado. I know a lot of people are dobber down on it. I am not. I think it was the right move to make. I think when you remove those first three weeks of Oscar Mercado's season, you see that he's a below 100 WRC plus guy with a little bit of power and a little bit of speed who plays a really good center field who we would probably all complain about uh, if he was playing the outfield for the Cardinals. That's not to take away from that he's a really, really great fourth outfielder in the long run. It's just to say that he's another fourth outfielder in a scrum of fourth outfielders, potentially. Uh, you know, all the trades that he's made for prospects usually turn out well. Uh, with prospects, rather, usually turn out well. It's issues where, like, trading Matt Adams for Juan Yepes or Aledmiz Diaz for J.B. Woodman. Like, those are the deals that never really seem to pan out, although don't give up on Juan Yepes just yet. We're going to have to wait and see where that goes. Um He's still only 22 years old, which is crazy to think about. And he had a pretty impressive turn after he was uh, when he was brought back from extended spring training last year. Anyways, what I'm getting at is I think he's a good general manager, even though he's a president of baseball operations at this point. Uh, as I give air quotes, um, you know, he's probably a Cardinal Hall of Famer if they do that kind of thing with general managers. Uh, and we're just going to have to wait and see where it goes from there. You know, I, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a. MLB Hall of Famer, but I think he's a, a very, very good uh, major league head of a front office. Noah Snelson says, Montero, if he's not traded, will start Memphis. Uh, I've been told that Montero goes back to Springfield, but we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, what is Tony Losey long-term? I view Tony Losey as a bullpen arm. Uh, I think probably something like Mitchell Boggs, but remember, I'm always a little more conservative about something like this. One thing that Tony Losey has that all the other uh, pitchers from the draft that the Cardinals drafted don't have is velocity on his fastball. He can pump it up to 97, 98, but it also comes with a ton of command issues when he is pumping it up. Pumping it up. That's something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I know people view him. Uh, look, I've heard a lot of things about Tony Losey. I've heard a lot of people say that he's a long-term starter. I've heard people say he's a better pitcher than Zach Thompson. I don't view either of those things as accurate. Again, I would keep him as a starter as long as possible. I'm sure he'll start... 2020 as a starter and maybe for Palm Beach, uh, maybe even for Springfield. I doubt it's Peoria. I think they get a little bit more aggressive with him. I think Zach Thompson starts at Springfield, uh, but he has a lot of work to do with his command uh, and repeating his delivery uh, before I feel comfort comfortable declaring him a starter long term. I think he has the tools for it. Uh, I just don't think it's there yet. Uh, and it's definitely something he needs to work on. Clutch says, do you have any hope that Alex Reyes ever becomes Alex Reyes again? Uh, I don't. Uh, do I have hope? Let me rephrase that. Yes, I have a ton of hope that Alex Reyes becomes Alex Reyes again. Do I think it's realistic? No. The offseason advice I've given about Alex Reyes is to even forget that he exists. Uh, I think that's in the best interest of the St. Louis Cardinals and their fan base. And if he ends up producing, and he produces. Uh, I, I'm, I would never count him out. He still has supreme talent. He's still a supreme prospect, although he's not a prospect anymore. Uh, he, he's still a supreme talent. I just don't know how he's ever going to stay healthy. You're talking about arm issues, elbow issues, shoulder issues, uh, lat issues, pec issues. There, there's a lot there. I would never count on him. Not anymore at this point. Uh, what's the positives and negative for Zach Thompson? Well, uh, Zach with a K Thompson, 
uh, has a big, big curveball. It has a 3,000 RPMs. It's one of the the the, the most moving, uh, one of the highest RPM breaking pitches in the organization. He and Griffin Roberts both have uh, breaking pitches. Griffin Roberts is a slider that gets up to 3,000 RPMs. He has a fastball that's in the mid-90s. He has a slider and a changeup that can be good but aren't good enough and frequently. He has a lot of work to do on his consistency of those pitches. His curveball is probably the best in the organization right now. Uh, again, I like Tommy Parsons' curveball. Just not, just not consistent. Uh, I think Henesis' uh, curveball is really good. But it might be the best in the organization, measurables aside, just from movement and what he can do with it. The negative is uh, just the first thing that comes to my mind is a history of arm problems. He's had elbow problems and shoulder problems. Uh, I think that that's something worth being concerned about. I think that it, because of those problems, it would be in the Cardinals' best interest to fast-track him to the majors as long as he's proving that he can handle the fast track. Uh, but like, those are just uh, the, the fundamental, you know, he still gets a little weird with his command. I think he opened, like, I think he plants and opens too quick sometimes. And that causes his fastball to tail arm side. Uh, but maybe that's just me. I haven't seen that anywhere else. Uh, but those are the pros and cons. And the pros are that he's in the Cardinals system and hopefully the Cardinals put him on the fast track. And the con is that he has shoulder issues, uh, and elbow issues in the past that hopefully don't manifest, but we're going to have to wait and see. And that's the baseline. Uh, I think he's a long-term starter. Uh, and hopefully he reaches his full potential. Uh, Slipknot says, uh, we want Rendon. Yeah, I would love Rendon. It's not going to happen, but man, that'd be amazing. Hey, Kiefer, drinking bourbon and eating pumpkin dip. What up, Pat Peeps? What's up, Kiefer? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Slipknot, goddamn Rendon. We should all pitch in on him. Yeah, I'd love that. Everybody put in a little bit of cash and let's get, uh, let's get Rendon. Uh, can you join me in my Howie Kendrick hype train? Guy rakes and can play average defense anywhere. Uh, Colonel Colonel Angus says, no more hipster Kyle. Sorry, I've got to have glasses now. I can see shit. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Look, I love Howie Kendricks, and congratulations to him on winning a World Series. Uh, he helped carry the Nationals there. He was really impressive when the Cardinals played him in the regular season, and I'm happy for it. Look, you always have to be happy for the guys who have long major league careers, who kind of bounce around, who might have had an all-star game here or there, uh, who end up winning a World Series in the latter stage of their career. Uh, to Howie Kendricks... And all the players who fight day in and day out to win a World Series that eventually win it. Yeah, fuck the Astros for sure. Colonel Langa says, as punishment for the Astros, they should have to pay play half the season with a player over 400 pounds. Ooh, Bartolo Colon at third base. I, oh my god, Bartolo Colon at shortstop every game. That'd be amazing. Charlie says, what is something you have noticed in your daily life since you got glasses? I've noticed how big your dick is, Charlie. Uh, Colonel Langa or hit with blindfolds on. That'd be fun. Slipknot says, where do the Cardinals stand in revenue? The Nationals can't make more, and they spend more. Uh, so I could be wrong about this, but remember, the Nationals are dealing with, uh, uh, like, a Washington, D.C.-rated amount of money. I think, the, what was, let me rephrase, because I'm stumbling all over myself. What Mr. DeWitt always says is that the Cardinals are 11th in revenue, and they spend the 6th or 7th most in baseball. I don't know if that's true or not. I can't say. Uh, uh, the... The thing to remember about Major League revenue numbers is they're all speculative except for the Braves uh, because they're all private companies. The Braves are a publicly, uh, like partially publicly owned, and that changes what you can see about them in their revenue stream. But all the other organizations in baseball are privately owned, so it's just guessing on what their revenue is. Cardinals say that they're 11th in revenue, that they spend between the 5th and 7th most in baseball. Uh, who's to say for sure, though?
Uh, Miss Miranda says, oh my goodness, Kyla's glasses. I knew Miss Miranda. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Whitewater Attorney says, the pants are off episode. Matt Stromer says, I like that Justin Williams is a lefty outfielder. Cards don't have too many of those at the higher levels. You know, they really didn't. But as you'll find out when I, when I list the outfield depth in the Cardinals organization, between left-handed hitting Justin Turner, who's more of a contact guy but with surprising pop, uh, Connor Capel, who I don't know what the hell he is, to be honest, Justin Williams, uh, you know, what I'm getting at is the Cardinals have made some, some headway uh, with outfield depth uh, from the left-handed side. Uh, potentially Terry Fuller, although he's not at the upper levels, Matt Stromer, to, to your point. Um, but what I will say is that at least Justin Williams is one that feels like he could potentially be a major leaguer. And I don't know if you can say that about Justin Turner or Connor Capel. Uh, your nose looks cold again. It's not, I don't think. Ashley, I am sweating head to toe. Mark Hayden says, is Garrett, Hull, is Garrett Cole to the Angels a thing yet? I think that the Angels people think that. And I think that anyone who's made a list of where free agents are going to go probably has put him there. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know what direction he's going to go. I think that Steven Strasburg would be a great fit out there. Uh, I think Garrett Cole would be a great fit out there. But I am sure that the Astros will spend money on one of the top pitchers in the market. Uh, March Hayden says, uh, hashtag I miss squinting. Me too, bud. Me too. But I got to roll with this. Uh, Ashley and Adam are having a fantastic conversation. Yeah, Jay Ferguson. To my good friend Jay Ferg, I flipped d double birds. I'm going to flip one, two, three birds to Jay Ferg as we celebrate the third uh, season premiere, the season premiere of season three uh, of Prospects After Dark. To Jay Ferg, to all my pad people, welcome to season three of Prospects After Dark. Crazy that in 2020, Wayno and Yachty will still be together. 2006 seems like ages ago. Yeah, you know, Yachty's been around since 2004. Think about that. Think about how long ago that was. Isn't that nuts? Like, I can't even wrap my brain around it. You know, Yachty's going to play forever. He's going to play forever. Uh, he'll, I'll die long before he's done catching, and it's amazing. Uh, but to both of them in a long career, like, it's awesome. And I'm excited. I don't know what kind of year it's going to be for either of them. I'm not super optimistic in regards to either. I think Yachty, I think there's reason to be super optimistic about Yachty after the way he finished the 2019 season. Uh, again, same thing with Wayno, the gutsy pitching performances in the playoffs from Wayno. Uh, but it's just eventually time will catch up with them, and hopefully it's not in 2020. Uh, Adam Van Grek says Montero is potentially on trade block. Yeah, yeah, I would think that I would think that the Cardinals would try to move Montero uh, in a trade if one presents itself. D Ludwig 479 says Cardinals 2020 offensive numbers over under the same as they were this year. So a couple weeks back, I put together a little article comparing the Cardinals' offense after uh, uh, Mark Budaska was fired to before it was fired. And it seemed like, for the most part, other than Paul DeYoung, who was overused and abused, and Dexter Fowler, who's fucking Dexter Fowler, um, all of the Cardinals did pretty well when Mark Budaska was removed from the equation and Jeff Albert was put in control fully of the offense. Now, we saw in the playoffs that the Cardinals' offense went did a disappearing act against the, the Nationals in particular. Uh, that could very well just be the product of really good pitching from the Nash Nationals. I know people were frustrated about the Annabelle Sanchez start, but I thought Annabelle was good. I definitely think the Cardinals had a poor plan of attack against them, but I thought Annabelle was good. Anyways, what I'm getting at is I think that if handled properly, the Cardinals offense could be better in 20. This is going to sound crazy. I think if handled properly, the Cardinals offense could be better in 2020 than it was in 2019, even without Marcelo Zuna and even without making an offensive upgrade. I think it's just a matter of the manager uh, uh, using his best players. I think the outfield can be better if you use your best players. I think third base can be better if you're using your best players. I think the shortstop position can be better if Tommy Edmond is subbing uh, and, and giving Paul DeYoung rest. And I know that that's crazy. 
and it's a, a, a rose-tinted glasses uh, outlook on on the Cardinals as we enter 2020. Uh, I definitely think it could be better, but it's going to take a, a managerial job where the manager puts aside his bias and his love for players and plays the right players, plays the best players available. Uh, that's the only way it's going to happen with the current group of players that they have. Uh, if, if the best players are not playing, uh, if the old standbys are getting the reps, if we're in May and you have 2020, or if, if we're in May and Matt Carpenter's playing every day and is producing like he did in 2019, and even Dexter Fowler, who was a league average player, is playing every day, like that's not good for the St. Louis Cardinals. If Paul DeYoung is getting is being allowed to tread water and he's playing every day, and Tommy Edmond isn't isn't subbing him in, isn't subbing in for him at short, like that's not good for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's going to take a true managerial effort uh, uh, to sub in and use your best players, even if it hurts feelings for the Cardinals to be better in 2020 than they were in 29 without a serious offensive addition. Uh, what about banning the Astros from the 2020 postseason? Man, I cannot imagine what kind of outcry that would cause. It'd be something, and man, it would really, really get the point across. But I, like, I don't imagine that the Major League Players Association would allow for something like that. Uh, more than likely, you're talking about potentially A.J. Hinch getting in a lot of trouble and also the, uh, the Astros organization having to deal with a, a, a series of fines and restrictions. But, I, you know, the thing about that, while I do think that it would be a warranted uh, uh, punishment for that type of offense, just remember that it, it also would affect the Major League Baseball Players Association in a big way. And that's why something like that won't happen. Uh, Jeffrey L. Adams said, I live, on, I live in Peoria and got to see Gorman hit. Saw his first with Chiefs, and the swing is amazing. Yeah, so sometimes he gets off balance and is on his front foot a little too much. But, man, he's a strong guy with a ton of power. And it's easy, easy to root for him. And you can definitely see the basis uh, and why everyone loves him and views him as a top 100 prospect in baseball, potential top 50 prospect in baseball. He just has a lot of work to do uh, to continue to earn that spot. Uh, could Jan Torres turn into something like a top 50 prospect? When you get to my position rankings of the outfield, you'll find that I say in that, uh, that I view Jan Torres as a potential top 150, top 200 prospect in baseball. I do think he has the potential to be a top 100 prospect in baseball. He needs to cut down on his strikeouts for that to happen and continue to work walks. But I do think it's in him. I do think he's that good. I do think he has that potential. Uh, will it be next year? Uh, I think it will be, but I'm definitely more bullish than most people are. But he, I, I wouldn't say he has the potential to be a top 50 prospect. I think he has an outside chance of being a top 100 prospect, but I think it's more realistic that he's a top 150 or top 200 prospect in baseball. Mark Chayton says, still anti-Goldschmidt trade. A 36-year-old Goldie could be ugly. But So here's the thing is like, I don't have a problem with trading for one year of Goldschmidt. I do hate that they gave him the extension. Look, I, I think it like when they ended up giving it to him, I thought, all right, that money, that makes sense. Like, I'm fine with it. But I hate that they gave him the extension. The extension is something different. It's a different part of that entire topic. I'm fine trading Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver and Andy Young and uh, 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 the comp pick for one year of Goldschmidt. I know that, that sounds crazy. I would have loved for Goldschmidt to go to the open market because there's no way he's getting that deal on the open market. Uh, where would you rank the Cards minor league system overall? It's better than fans give for, in my opinion. Yeah, I view the Cardinals minor league system as the back 15, probably between 15 and 20 somewhere. Uh, I know people have the Royals uh, behind the Cardinals. I put the Royals ahead of the Cardinals. But without having the intimate knowledge of other organizations that I used to have that I no longer have, it's really hard for me to say. What I will say is that I think that the Cardinals have the most unique system that they've had since I've been writing about the system. Uh, and maybe even since I've been following the system, they have a lot of like 
high ceiling prospects with extremely low floors uh, in, in Malcolm, Nunez, Malcolm Nunez and Trajan Fletcher uh, and some others, you know, Francisco Justo. Like, uh, they, they have a lot of those guys. Uh, but they still, like, they, they just have, like, wide delta. And the other issue with the Cardinals is that their pitching depth is weaker than it's ever been. Now, they went uh, college pitcher heavy in the 2019 draft, and eventually those guys could be right on the cusp of the major leagues, lickety-split. Uh, but, you know, pitching wins championships. And to kind of have a bit of a deficiency or at least a potential for a deficiency pitching-wise is, uh, is a concern. I think if everything goes well in 2020, and again, 2019 was a rough year for the organization. If everything goes well for the organization in, in, in 2020, then they could be a, top, a 10 to 15, uh, 8 to 15 type organization. I just think right now you're talking about 15 to 22. Uh, Quinn, I just got back. I figured the shirt would be gone by now. No, leaving the shirt on. Look, until the Cardinals do something worth taking the shirt off for, the shirt stays on. Eric Thomas says, is this a good time to remind everyone the Cardinals won the Central? It is, Eric. Thank you very much. Uh, Jay Duda says, dumb question. If one retires while still on contract, is the organization obligated to pay them? No, no, uh, not the, they are not obligated to pay them the rest of the contract, but there is something there, uh, an agreement as part of the Major League Baseball Players Association and all that. I don't know what it is. Klutz fan says, thanks, Kyle. This is exactly what I needed to get my juices flowing for the offseason. Great job. Klutz fan, again, look, thank you for being here. Uh, again, when you're in here, you're a completely reasonable and wonderful member of our Prospects After Dark community. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you in here, too. And, uh, man, I'm glad I could get your juices flowing. I, if I had a dollar for every time I got someone's juices flowing, I would have one dollar. Thank you, Klutz. Keeper says, do you think Helsley gets over 12 starts in 2020? I do not. Uh, I think the only way it happens is if there starts at Memphis, which should not happen in any capacity ever. I think he deserves more than 12 starts, but I think he's too valuable to the bullpen, and I don't think he gets a fair shake in the rotation at spring training. Oh, hey, uh, Fly the L gave me a super heart. I don't know what that is, but I know I love that Jeff Niehaus. So to Jeff, I've got a little bit of this uh, Johnny Walker Black Label in here. I'm going to cheers to you, my friend, and then I'm going to get up. Hey, fam. What's up? Just stay right there for one second. I'll be back. I'm here. Don't go anywhere. Why don't you leave? So what we're going to drink now is we're going to drink the uh, the rest of the White Walker that I have from the Johnny uh, Walker thing there. That's what we're doing. I'm all out of the Johnny Walker Black, so we got to do something. Uh, Matt Stromer says, thoughts on the new STL logo as long as they are on... Uh, <laughs> As long as they are on those road blue hats, am I right? Yeah, look, I don't care what logo they put on those beautiful, sexy-ass road blues. Those navy, fucking, whore-loving, amazing blue hats. It doesn't matter what the logo is. Uh, you know, all kidding aside, I, the logo looks... I see the difference, but I don't care. It's not noticeable. I don't get why you fuck with the logo at all. Especially if you're not going to, like, change it big. You're just going to make things more round. Like, okay, sure. What the fuck are you doing with your time uh, that you think that this is something that's, like, this is something. Let's make the letters more round. Like, what the fuck is that? What a waste of time. Jesus. Uh, Sweaty Teddy says, breaking Astros 2020 promo is Todd Rundgren's uh, bang on the drum all day. Uh, very well could be. Stu Style says, just got to say you're sexy as hell in glasses. Stu, baby, you're sexy as hell whether you're wearing clothes or not, whether you're wearing glasses or not. Baby, yeah, you just sexy as hell. You sexy as hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny shit. Uh, the logo is on the road blues. I've already ordered one. Yeah, cool. I love that. I love that. Get that navy hat. I love, look, 
I am a gray jersey loyalist. I am one of the few of us left, uh, and I get why people aren't so. Uh, 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 I, I get why people aren't so into the navies and, and the grays. But I love the navy gray combo. I think they're beautiful, and while gray isn't necessarily unique, I just love the way that the red looks on the gray, and I love those navy hats. And fuck those who don't. I don't know what else to say. Uh, Lucas K. 2024 says, what happens first? Johnny retires or card sign a $200 million player? Uh, neither. Neither happens ever. Uh, no, I, I'll say Yachty retires. I think Yachty's last year is 2023. I think he goes to 2022 somehow. Uh, gets one more year kind of like Wayno had. Uh, and, and that's it for him. Uh, uh, R. Gurner 1031 says, who breaks through in the outfield? Who is your starter in the outfield? Again, if, if I if I'm running the St. Louis Cardinals, I have an open competition for all three outfield spots uh, in spring training, and whoever the three best are, whether they're on the forty man or not, start. They start, and you know, even if that is Tommy Edmond or Jairo Munoz or uh, Jose Martinez, sure, that's the direction I go in. I just want the three best guys to play the outfield. You know, uh, who would it be for me? You know, I love Randy Rosarena, but I would I'd have Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill, and Dylan Carlson. I think that that's probably your long-term best bet out in the outfield in 2020. Uh, but again, that's total speculation. It's just going like I'm picking my three favorite guys. That doesn't necessarily mean it's right. That just means those are my three favorite guys. You know, a good offseason and Harrison Bader could be an all-star. You know, a, a, ref- a small refinement to his approach uh, that he's dedicated to could turn him into, I mean, a 4-5 war player. You know, he's... A, He's, he's on the cusp. He just he needs to take a long, hard look at the type of player he is and adjust to it. You know, Dexter Fowler, he, if he builds on the season he had in 2019, he could end up having like a 116, 120 WRC plus season. I don't see that happening. I think he has a down year following a, a good 2019 season, but I'm only making that decision based on his age. Uh, and now that he doesn't have to prove people right, I think he's going to struggle to not prove people right. Uh, but again, that's all speculation. It, it's, it's bullshit. Uh, I don't care who it is. I just want it to be the three best guys on a regular basis. And uh, whoever those three guys are, it, it needs to be on a regular basis. Yachty's contract will be sponsored by AARP. The cool thing about Yachty is, you know, when he retires, he'll be of the age where he can just collect his pension. Most players don't get that. You know, I think you've got to be, uh, what is the, I think you've got to be 50 to collect your pension in Major League Baseball or something like that. I think it depends on how long you play before you can collect your pension. But anyways, he'll be like 60, and then they'll just give him his pension, his 10-year-plus pension of like $167,000 a year, uh, and be fine. Uh, could Malcolm Nunez be the best third-base prospect Cardinal have? No, no. It is look. I love Aliris Montero. I love Malcolm Nunez. Uh, Evan Mendoza is a great defensive third baseman. Uh, but it is hands down Nolan Gorman. Uh, uh, as the best defensive third base prospect in the Cardinals organization. I do think there's a chance that Aliris Montero with a good 2020 season could reclaim. And I do say reclaim because I, I, there was one time when I viewed him as the best third base prospect in the organization, uh, that spot, I will say Montero took a huge step forward defensively uh, uh, on the season, uh, even with the, the sparse playing time and the injuries. And that's something worth keeping an eye on. Nolan Gorman took a, had a great year defensively, although some of the things can get kind of weird. Uh, but it is Gorman, uh, and potentially Nunez. Look, here's the thing about Nunez is he's big and clunky. He kind of struggles to take care of his body. He has, he has now a history of neck and shoulder issues and injuries. It's going to be interesting to see how he progresses and how he manages to, uh, uh, to stay healthy. Uh, but the health thing is going to be, uh, health and, uh, fitness are going to be two big things for him. 
and maybe you can take a page out of Montero's uh, uh, playbook and uh, get in tremendous shape and take positive steps forward defensively. Cards 11 and 11 says, just arrived, but has any org fallen further than the Strohs in a four-week period? Not at all. Between the uh, 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 Taubman, right? His name's Taubman. I've been calling him Taubman. I don't give a fuck what his name is because he's a piece of shit. Between those comments, the female reporter, and uh, uh, the cheating scandal here, like, yeah, God, the Astros are the uh, fodder of all professional sports right now. Clutch fan says, you know the best players won't play. Shield was loyal to a fault. Money plays. Now, that's two different arguments, right? Because money plays would mean that Mo is in charge. But I do think that there is a loyalty issue that concerns me with Mike Schilt. And we're going to have to wait and see how he adjusts to that. Uh, again, the reason that part of the reason why the Cardinals had the same record uh, at the All Star break as they had last year, 46 and 44, or whatever it was, uh, in 2019 as they had in 2018, is because Mike Schilt would not make the changes. He stuck with the same team. It wasn't until he started making roster changes that the team started winning. Uh, I'd like to see him get more aggressive. Uh, I don't know if he absolutely will, but I would like to see him get more aggressive. And when he gets more aggressive, it just so happens that they do well. Are you a deep dish pizza guy? I love pizza. I don't care if it's flat, thin, deep, dick. I don't care, man. You could put uh, uh, garlic cheese bread. You could do flatbread. I mean, I don't care. Give me pizza. I love all pizza of all shapes and sizes. I will not discriminate against a good pizza. I do like deep dish, man. Uh, uh, actually, I'll laugh now, but I love pie pizza. I think they do a tremendous job. I, look, I just love pizza. You put cheese and meats and tomato together uh, and carbohydrates, and I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't like that. Is the audio getting super loud for anyone else? No, I'm just yelling as loud as I can. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Josh. My bad. Uh, don't say pension. Uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, pension, pension. What rookie has a breakout season? Uh, pitcher and position player. Okay, so I'm going to say from a position player standpoint, a breakout season, I'm going to say Brendan Donovan. He's a second, third base. He's a second. Let me start over. Brendan Donovan played mostly second base for Peoria this past year, but he can also play third, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little time. It's short during the 2020 season. He's got a little double, a little power, and a great approach to all fields, and I think that he's going to end up making like a Kisner leap or an Edmund leap uh, from 2018 to 2019. I, I'm thinking about putting him in my top 20 just to get ahead of the craze, but he's my position player. Uh, Pitcher-wise, Angel Rondon is still not getting the respect that he deserves. Uh, he's a legitimate starting pitching candidate. Uh, he's a legitimate starting pitching prospect. And uh, while I still think, like, he's in my mind, he's the best starting pitching prospect in the organization, not named Zach Thompson. Uh, I think I like him better than Woodford. Uh, uh, but he, he is definitely close to the majors, and he's definitely getting a little bit of hype. So I'll take a step back and reassess, reevaluate, and I'll say someone like – you know, Tommy Parsons. Uh, Tommy Parsons is the first name that comes to mind. You know, he's a lot like Jason Simontachi in that he was undrafted, came from a school that I don't even think is real. Uh, it was like a Division three school, but like underneath the table because it doesn't seem real. Uh, I'll say Tommy Parsons. I think Tommy Parsons makes it to the major leagues in 2020. I don't know in what role. I just know that his changeup is major league caliber. His fastball can get up to the, mid to, uh, the low to mid-90s, and he has a curveball that is inconsistent but can be good. So I'll say Tommy Parsons and Brendan Donovan. Uh, Rock Chalk Jason says, are the Astros now the most hated team in baseball? Yeah, you know, uh, I think between the Astros and the Pirates, the, they're the two most dysfunctional organizations in baseball. And the Astros are definitely the most hated in this moment, even more than the Astros and the Yankees nationwide. 
Our Gurner 1031 says, got to say, God damn, that beard is looking sexy. Us beard guys got to stick together. That's right, baby. Uh, there was some event going on in uh, uh, St. Louis this weekend. It was like the beer bourbon and uh, the beard bourbon and some bullshit uh, 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 festival this weekend by the, the Mustache Club of America. And uh, I wish I could have taken part in it. I didn't realize it was going on. Uh, until just a couple days ago, or else I would have taken part in it for sure. Or I, I, in, until a couple of hours ago, uh, or else I would have taken part in it. But yes, to all of my bearded brethren uh, here at Prospects After Dark, at the beginning of season three, I raise my glass. Quinn says New York pizza is better than everything. In my mind, it's just pizza is null. It doesn't matter where it comes from. I'll take it. I love it. I can't complain. Uh, da, uh, Derek says Donovan played first two, didn't he? I think he did, but it wasn't much. It was only like a couple games. I think he can play the outfield, too. Look, he's an athlete with a great approach and an ability to find the barrel and shorten his swing on a 3-2 count or a 1-2 count or a 2-2 count. Uh, there's something different about Brendan Donovan. He reminds me a lot of Andrew Kisner before Andrew Kisner started getting the publicity that Kisner got. Keeper says, will Kramer Robertson have a Bohart narrative when he makes the league in 2.5 years on a whim? Yeah, man. Look, so one thing about Kramer Robertson, because of his mom being uh, the, the Baylor women's basketball coach, and because uh, uh, he was a big-time prospect that – or a big-time, like uh, – well, he was a flashy player for LSU is probably the best way to put it. I don't know how else to put it. He was a flashy player for LSU. Kramer Robertson has a built-in fan base that you would not believe. I get asked about Kramer Robertson a lot in DMs. And, uh, like, it just – it's incredible how often people want to know about Kramer Robertson. Uh, but, yeah, look, people are going to see that huge head of his and that skinny body of his and how – fast he is and how quick twitch he is now we can get to anything in the field even though his arm is weak and cardinal nation is going to masturbate all over their own faces over it and it's going to be glorious uh but hopefully he gets a chance to make a major league debut realistically he's like when i did my organizational rankings position wise i i broke second baseman second baseman and shortstop into like the utility spot so that i could include other guys that otherwise wouldn't be ranked uh and i have him like fifth and that's more of just like a, hey, you had a great year. You're right on the cusp of the majors. Like, cap tip to you. But he, look, if his arm was stronger, you'd feel comfortable about him sticking it short. But he's probably going to have to move to second. He definitely can't play third. He is more of a on-base percentage guy. He doesn't make a ton of strong contact unless there's a pitch on the inner half of the plate that he's looking for. And then he turns on it for surprising pop. Uh, but, yeah, that, more than likely, that's exactly what Kramer Robertson is. Charlie says, will Mike Shannon be a commentator? After Yachty retires, no, no, I think Yachty, uh, Yachty's career outlives Mike Shannon's career for sure. I, I you know, in, in the postseason, Shannon sounded so tired, man. And I love Mike Shannon. I'm not one of these people to ever beat up on him. You know, I, I know he's a terrible, I know he's terrible, but I love him for how he, he handles things. I love that he mispronounces names. Like he, I just, I think he brings something to the broadcast that a lot of other people can't bring. And I love that. You know, one thing that he brings to a broadcast that no other broadcast uh, that you'll get from the Cardinals brings is honesty. He's brutally critical of Cardinal players, and he's the only one who gets away with that. He's the only one who does that. And that is a valuable, valuable thing. Uh, and I love that about him. But, man, he sounded so tired in the playoffs. And I just – I can't imagine him having many more years. I know he's up for the Fred Frick uh, – the, the, I'm not – I don't know if it's Fred Frick. I'm such an idiot. But the Frick Award – uh, to, to enter the uh, uh, the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster, and I hope he gets it. And I hope he gets a chance to have, like, one victory lap as a Cardinals announcer before he retires. But I will say that Yachty's career as a catcher outlived Shannon's career as a uh, uh, color commentator. 
Gorman definitely starts in Springfield, right? I don't know. Uh, so if you were to follow the Dylan Carlson plan uh, based on age solely, then he'll start in Palm Beach and then make his way to Springfield uh, midway through the year. What I know is I don't believe Dylan Carlson was ready for Palm Beach, and he would have been he would have done well to stay at Peoria just a little bit longer. But the Cardinals had a plan for him, and they stuck with it. So my assumption is that the Cardinals have a plan for Carl or for uh, Gorman, and they'll stick with it. I don't know if that means he'll start at Double A or if he'll start at Palm Beach and then eventually make it to Double A. What I know is a player that I saw uh, in every other month but April of the 2019 season is not ready for Springfield in any capacity. That doesn't mean he can't have a great offseason between 2019 and 2020 and earn it, but the player in 2019 is not not remotely ready for Springfield. Uh, Javi Noela. Hey, Noela. Javi, how are you? What do you think of Johan Oviedo? I love Johan Oviedo. So Oviedo definitely fatigued at the end of the year, and that really hurt his, his stats. He was dynamite at Palm Beach. He was lights out at Palm Beach. Only had like five or six appearances at Palm Beach before getting promoted to Springfield. Struggled to get his footing out of about him at Springfield. But then those middle starts, it's like 14 of like 19 starts or something like that. You saw the big curveball, the big fastball, the repeatable mechanics, the, the surprisingly good change, uh, the surprisingly good command. Uh, with a good offseason, Johan Oviedo could be at Memphis and knocking on the major league door and also be like a dynamic addition to either the bullpen or the rotation for the St. Louis Cardinals. He like I, I totally glossed over Johan Oviedo as a potential like big difference maker or uh, a potential like big uh, riser within the Cardinals system, and I, I am wrong for doing that. I love Johan Oviedo, and I think he's got a big 2020 in his future if he can stay healthy. Carson Martin 13 says probably late, but what did Oscar Mercado work in Cleveland? But he never worked here. So I think that there's a little bit of a, a, a misnomer about just how good Oscar Mercado was in Cleveland. Now, uh, he did hit for a little bit of power. And he did uh, steal a bunch of bases. But Oscar Mercado's success in Cleveland was a bit uh, uh, misleading. Again, so you look at a guy, and I pulled it up right now. He was a 95 WRC player uh, in Cleveland. The, the, he was good defensively in center, no doubt, but he was 5% below league average. And that includes, as I pull up his game logs, that includes uh, the first three weeks of the season when he was lights out. Now, if you remove the first three weeks of his major league call-up, and we'll go to June 1st, uh, you will see a player, as I stall and stall and stall, who was a 92 WRC player. So what I'm getting at is, Oscar Mercado is exactly what we all thought he was going to be. He's a fourth outfielder who can play a really, really great defensive center fielder. What worked for him is that he was giving, given, given an opportunity uh, and that, uh, uh, that that particular stadium plays well for him to add a little bit of power. But he, like, what he's doing there is not that much of a surprise. But it's also not as good as maybe Cardinal fans make it out to be as they lob outrage at the front office for moving him. I will take the potential of John Torres over Oscar Mercado any day of the year. Now, that doesn't mean that Oscar Mercado is going to have a good 2020 season. I would be would not be surprised if Oscar Mercado has a good 2020, 2021. I wouldn't be surprised if Oscar Mercado has a good career. But I think you're talking about a third, fourth outfielder uh, uh, in the long run. And, man, John Torres could be something so much more than that. He might not, but he could be. And I still like the trade. So what worked for him is he was just given an opportunity – but I also think we're unrealistic about just how good he was. Uh, Jeter 9 says, do you think with the growth of Herrera and Rodriguez at catcher, that could make Kisner uh, expendable? 
But the reality is Kisner is expendable. Uh, and I do think that between Rodriguez and Herrera, that makes it possible. But I think what makes Kisner uh, expendable more so than anything is that Yachty is going to play forever. Look, if Yachty's committed to playing 130 games a year if he's healthy, at the very least, then every prospect that's a catcher until he retires is going to be expendable. Yachty makes the catcher expendable. It doesn't matter what the catcher is. Now, I would not trade Andrew Kisner. I think he's going to go somewhere and be a perennial all-star. I am nuts. I could be in the minority there. I think it's going to happen, and I'm willing to bet on it. Uh, but the Cardinals are in the position now where they're probably just going to recycle backup catchers until Yvonne Herrera is knocking on the door, and Yachty can hand him the baton. Uh, and we're just going to have to wait and see when that is. If it's even Yvonne Herrera, it could be somebody else further down the line that the Cardinals haven't even drafted or signed yet. Uh, I have no no feel for what's going to happen with Yadier Molina here other than he's going to get to play for the St. Louis Cardinals as long as he likes and play as often as he chooses to play. Uh, Kramer Robertson has more followers than the Springfield Cardinals from Quinn. I'm telling you, that dude has a weird following. Uh, my brother Michael says, what will, the years, what will this year's addition to the bullpen be? Odorizzi would be a nice add. So, Mike, bad news there. Uh, Odorizzi accepted the Twins' qualifying offer, so he stays with the St. Louis Cardinals. No, he stays with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, who's going to be the bullpen ad? Man, you know, I, more than likely it's going to be people that they bring in on a minor league deal. I, I'd like to see them trade for Ken Giles. I don't know what that what that ends up like looking like. I doubt they trade so many years of control of Tyler O'Neill for Ken Giles, but that maybe something like that ends up happening. My, uh, Jeff Niehaus says, when I try to grow a beard, I look like the old crusty dude on Big Trouble in Little China. Holy shit. To old man Reese right now, who is having a full-on erection for Big Trouble in Little China. Which also reminds me of the episode of uh, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, uh, Big Rick and Little Sanchez, or something like that's the name of it. Kiefer says, I saw Bo Hart get tossed from a Memphis game in, in like 2008. He was heated about a strikeout call. That's fantastic. Derek says, what does the future hold for Ramon Arias and Rangel Ravelo? Uh, I would expect that both of them stay on the 40-man. You know, as I mentioned a little while ago, uh, one thing about uh, uh, all of the hitters in Memphis is after July 1st, they all raked and raked and raked. And Urias is not an exception to that. He fucking raked. He had like a 9.23 on base per uh, OPS after uh, July 1st or some shit like that. Ton of extra base hits. Didn't strike out a lot. Took a bunch of walks. Uh, I think both of them stay on the 40-man unless they're traded. Uh, and I think they both have a similar year uh, in Cardinal 25-man purgatory as both of them had this year. Again, I don't have much faith that the Cardinals are going to be able to trade Jose Martinez for much of anything. So I, that kind of negates what kind of role Ron Hell Ravello will have with the Cardinals organization. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd love to see him be that role. Because uh, I can't imagine him being a... Like, I've seen him play the outfield, and I don't think he's much worse than Jose Martinez is, and he's a better first baseman. So, I, like, again, you talk about loyalty to players that are established and players that are part of the Molina clique. Uh, uh, Martinez would get the nod over Ravelo, even though Ravelo's better suited for that role. Uh, so that's my that's my guess. They both stay on the 40-man unless they're traded, uh, and they both live in purgatory between the 25-man and the 40-man all season long. Uh, Quinn says, Kramer Robertson homered off Kershaw this year. He's NLCS ready. That's right. Uh, Tree G951 says, it's time for Dodgers baseball. Look, uh, I'm not one of these maniac Cardinal fans or uh, uh, local fans that don't appreciate good baseball. I love, like, I like the Dodgers. I like what they do. I think that they make uh, they make the offseason fun. They they sign players. They trade players. They trade dead contracts for other dead contracts. 
Uh, look, I'm I'm bullish on the Dodgers. How could you not be? I like what they do. I'm sure the Dodgers fans are pissed that they can't win a World Series. But, hey, look, you it's a model franchise with a lot of fun and interesting players in the NL MVP. And the best pitcher of, of the last 10 years in Clayton Kershaw, although he wasn't successful this year. Uh, so, to the Dodgers. To the Dodgers, I raise my glass. Uh, my brother Michael says, I'm pushing strong action towards Shannon not being with us when Yachty catches his last inning. Yeah, Mike, Axel's firing up the pipes and yelling, It's time to die! Uh, BR Gurner 1031 says, Carlson makes team out of spring training. Organization needs the best players, not subpar players. Yeah, I don't think it happens. I hope he's given a legitimate shot to make it happen. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, but I think he's one of the three best outfielders on the roster currently. A uh, significantly more painful question. Does Nick Plummer start in Springfield? Yeah, he does. And oh boy. Uh, Derek says, any chance Rondon gets moved to the bullpen? Yeah, I think that there is a chance. Again, it's all about opportunity. I remember uh, 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 a lot of pitchers make their debut out of the bullpen. I do not want to see it happen until it absolutely has to happen. The Cardinals lack starting pitching depth. I think Jake Woodford is a better bullpen option than I think Angel Rondon is. So what I want to see is I want to see him be a starter for as long as he can be a starter, and then I want to see the Cardinals pivot from there if they have to pivot from there. But, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people would look at Angel Rondon and say that his long-term future is in the bullpen. It's something we're going to have to wait and see for sure. Charlie says, I'm going to bed, but the people need a side-by-side with your specs and your bobblehead. All right, Charlie. Here. Uh, yeah. So here's what we got. Uh, there's no more squinting, Charlie. No more squinting. Just two bobbleheads shaking and passing in the night. I love you, buddy. I love this bobblehead. And it makes it here. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Charlie. Oh, my God. I'm so blind. I'm going to bed, but the people need a side-by-side. Holy cow. Jesus, I'm blind, family. Why do you guys let me go without glasses for so long? Luke Flush, our good friend Luke Flush, who I love and respect and adore, uh, says, at what point does playing Molina become a negative? <sighs> you know, I, so here's the thing. Like, I feel like if I'm being unbiased, I'm saying at some point during the 20... 20 season it becomes a negative i know for the month before he was on the il when he was nursing an injury but wouldn't come out of the lineup that hurt that 20 uh, 2019 team uh, what i know is that in the immediate future if he continues to play through injuries that hurt his offensive and his defensive output when there are other options available that are major league ready that hurts the team that is a negative but when he's healthy and he's playing you might be talking about 2022 2023 uh but what I know is that Yachty, because he's thick-headed and a complete competitor and amazing, uh, amazing, 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 and deserving of a spot in the Hall of Fame, is even if he's nursing an injury that he thinks he can play through, that's a negative. Because whether it be Matt Wieters or Andrew Kisner, uh, there are players ready to go in that spot. And uh, Yachty playing unhealthy is not good for the team. It's a negative for sure. So uh, I know that's a, a contrived way of answering the question, but that's just how I view it. Quinn, the parents or whoever will replace Yachty uh, probably haven't even met yet. Yeah, I agree that. I like what you're saying there. You watch Rick and Morty tonight. I have not watched Rick and Morty tonight. I've been here. Uh, I can't. I'm going to probably turn this off and turn Watchmen on. And then there's an episode of Mr. Robot and then Rick and Morty for sure. Uh, who gets protected before the Rule 5 draft? The only two that I'm sure of. Well, the only one that I'm sure of. Let me rephrase that. Is uh, Jake Woodford. I would put money on Alaris Montero being protected. I think a lot of people think Alvaro Cejas is going to be protected. Uh, those are the three most likely. I doubt Dobzanski or Nagowski are protected. Uh, uh, there's always a chance that Connor Jones is protected, but I don't think any of those guys will be. 
Uh, Kershaw had a pretty good year, though. He did have a good year. Clearly, you've forgotten about the go. Oh, no, that's right. Pardon me. Uh, Walker Bueller is a man, a mensch. To Walker Bueller. Uh, all kidding aside, to all of my pad people, I raise my glass. Look, as we start season three of Prospects After Dark, uh, it should be on the record that I buoy back and forth a lot about, about stopping pad, about stopping writing about prospects, because I'm... First, A, I'm self-conscious, and I feel terrible about not putting in a full effort if I'm not putting in a full effort. But B, because I, I, like, I'm afraid that I'm not doing enough for you guys. Uh, but as we start season three, like, I feel a new and excited, like a new excitement brewing within me. Like, I, I, I want to work harder to earn your respect uh, and, and to earn my spot in your community. Uh, so to all of my Prospects After Dark people, as we start season three of Prospects After Dark, I raise my glass. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Thank you for allowing me into your homes and onto your cell phones and laptops and tablets. Uh, you're the true heroes of Prospects After Dark. Uh, my pad people and I raise my glass to you. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Uh, KJ Dillon 97 says, who do you think the re- uh, what do you think the return would look like for Carlos Martinez in a trade? I don't know. I know that at this point you'd be trading him at the lowest point in his value. And it's not something that I would do. You know, I think I don't think you're talking about a team's top prospect. I, you're probably not talking about most teams' top three prospects. You know, you may be talking about one, fourth, or fifth prospect in the team's uh, 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 system, and then maybe a couple of, like, 15 to 25 prospects in a team's system, something like that. Remember, after, here in a couple of years, Yacht, or, uh, Carlos, here in a couple of years, Carlos Martinez, his contract escalates big. It goes from 11.5 to, like, 17. And that also hurts his value, too, especially for a guy coming off of a little bit of a cleanup surgery and reduced innings in the bullpen and shakiness in the bullpen in the playoffs. So I, uh, my answer to that question is I wouldn't expect it to be much, uh, and it definitely isn't worth trading him right now at the low point of his trade value. Derek says, Buddha hasn't been hired anywhere, has he? No, he has not. Quinn says, who gets a bigger standing ovation, Giancarlo or Matheny? Man, I cannot wait to see what kind of reaction Matheny gets. Uh, DeRuler88 says, you do great, bro. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, uh, Gift says, Pat is chicken soup for the soul, baby. Baby, our little DM conversation is chicken soup for the soul. Uh, CDY Fry1 says, we appreciate everything you do. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, again, I, I, I'm nothing without the Pat people. Pat is the highlight of my weekend. Quinn, that means the world to me. Derek says, bigger and better. Uh, Jay Judas says, you're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, cheers, first-time listener, not too shabby. Hey, Jeff. To Jeff Adams, our first-time listener here to Pat, thank you for being a part of it. Uh, please stick to Birds on the Black. They do amazing stuff. Uh, I'm just a bit of uh, cog in the wheel of that. Check out Tara Wellman and Alex Crisofulli on Chirps. Subscribe to the Birds on the Black podcast network uh, through iTunes or SoundCloud. I promise you won't be let down by the content. Uh, Josh says, Carlos has so much more value as a starter than on the market. I agree. Does Carlson make his way back Oh, does Carlos make his way back to the rotation? From uh, uh, Yeah, I do believe that that happens. It looks like he's going to be the front runner for that quote-unquote fifth spot in the Cardinals rotation entering the 2020 season, and I think that that's the best thing for him, and it's the best thing for the Cardinals, and it's the best thing uh, uh, that could possibly happen if it turns out that way. All right, so with my last cheers here, I uh, appreciate you and all the work you do, Kyle. Thank you, Victoria. I appreciate you being a pad person. As always, our last cheers goes to my Birds on the Black brethren and Slytherin. Uh, no, to my Birds on the Black family. Look, you guys know my uh, undying love for Cardinals gifts. Alex Crisofulli and Tara Wellman do amazing jobs not only with chirps, but what they do individually. 
Uh, ben Cerruti does his player projections. They're amazing. My boys, two styles during the season will provide you with the most amazing game recaps you could ever imagine. They are cutting edge. They're not just good. They're next level. He does that in conjunction with Nicholas Childress and Cardinals gifts. But what Stu Styles does is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that you will not find anywhere else, not in any other team fan base, uh, not even through Major League Baseball. Like, the Cardinals would be smart to jump on that bandwagon because it's fucking amazing. Uh, Cards Cards does an amazing job with his Cardinal Sin stuff. Uh, he's also working on a, a history project for the St. Louis Cardinals in conjunction with Birds on the Black. That's wonderful. Check out both of us on uh, uh, Two Birds on a Bats podcast on Wednesday, Bowties and Bullshit. It's amazing, as is Moe's algorithm. I love that guy. Uh, uh, but more importantly, as we, uh, as we begin Season 3 of Prospects After Dark, in conjunction with Birds on the Black, uh, on Black Friday, we will start to unveil our like subset of Dirty 35. It is the preamble to the Dirty 35 as we rank the top starting pitchers, the top draft picks starting pitchers, the top, the top uh, pitching draft picks, the top third baseman, first baseman catchers, outfielders, relief pitchers, and, and starting pitchers and utility players in the organization. Uh, keep an eye on Birds on the Black for that. It's going to be something magical and wonderful. And it's nearly 40, or wait, nearly 40,000 words worth of information and gifts and pictures and wonderful and beautiful. Uh, but what I'm getting at is it's a, it's, it's a, the Birds on the Black community is a wonderful thing that I don't deserve to be a part of that Cardinals Gifts has cultivated, that you too are a part of. So to Cardinals Gifts, to all my birds on the Black family, which I am not worthy to call a, a, a work community or family, I raise my glass. Uh, I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity. It was about this time last year that Cardinals Gifts snuck into my DMs. It was about this time three years ago that Cardinals Gifts snuck into my DMs and said, I want to do something. I'm doing it with Zach Gifford and STL Cup of Joe and Cards Cards, and I want you to be a part of it. And it honestly changed my life it changed my life for the better uh, uh in an unmeasurable way and uh god damn it i'm so grateful for it and i'm grateful for all of you and i'm grateful for the birds on the back black community so whether you're listening to this on the podcast whether you're watching this live through periscope and twitter uh thank you so much for being a part of this family thank you for letting birds on the black and prospects after dark into your home and into your lives thank you for making uh uh, uh allowing me to be a part of your life and allowing you to be a part of my life uh, to all of that. I raise my glass as high as I possibly could on this magical uh, beginning of season three of prospects after dark. And that's all I've got for you. Hoosiers, whores and hoffers, scallywags and stamps. That's all I've got for you. I love all of you. Thank you again for enjoying another lovely Sunday episode of prospects after dark. For everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, everybody at Prospects After After Dark, my brother Mike, my brother Scott, my brother Jim, my dad, my mom, uh, uh, everybody involved in this, Cardinals Gifts, friggin' cards, uh, I I say, uh, as always, if you're listening to this, you're part of the resistance, uh, the resistance. I hope you enjoyed Terminator Salvation, or whatever the other Terminator name is. Uh, Again, uh, as always, family, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Resistance, for listening, and as always, happy hunting.